Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 10th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me as Al always, giving him a huge <laughs> shout out this week. Oh, caffeine rage. Oh. Inside why, jokes. Why has that become a thing on YouTube? I don't know. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we played. Steam Beta adds Xbox controller support. NVIDIA announces the GeForce Now streaming service. We'll be discussing the Steam Awards, Tracer's Got the Gay, we'll be having our weekly community corner and our Steam Weekly Deals discussion, and as always, timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. How are you? Uh, I'm here. Does that count? Uh, no. Been a busy day. Had yep. Mario and Luigi over and they did some plumbing. And none that's not an innuendo. <laughs> I made it out to be that way on the text. I knew what you meant, but I was like... They're plumbers. I got to make a, a sex plumbing joke. Yeah, sorry. They're, well, the only pipe they were laying was in the wall. There. <laughs> I'm here to lay some pipe. Bounce. Wow, wow. But. Yeah, but one of them looks especially like Biff. So, uh, Kyle, I think I found Biff. <laughs> he's scouting out your house. He's going he's gonna to come get you. I'm next. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I have had a relatively normal day getting back into the swing of things after uh, Christmas break, essentially, since the clinic operates on the school schedule. I got like two weeks off when the school was closed over Christmas and New Year, so that was nice, but, you know, as you all know, we were sick and everything, so it's been rough getting adjusted because I'm feeling better, and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for my vacation, but it's time to go back to work. Yeah, Sometimes being it wasn't an adult much of a sucks. vacation if you were sick the entire time, was it? Yeah, sometimes being an adult sucks, but it's okay. I, I usually manage to make enough time for myself, so. And I'm about to be making even more time for myself when we get to games, but that would be a oh, good segue, my. but I do have to report on the i7-4790K and after editing also, last week's podcast. Uh, want to make sure that people are swapping over to the proper RSS stream. That's true. Which, That's uh, true. did you put anything in the, uh, in the old feed about that yet? No, not yet. I'll have it done before the episode goes up. All right. Or I, just I can didn't get do a it chance. myself. If need be. It's just, yeah. I wanted to make sure that was done. Yeah, no. I'll make sure and get it done before the episode goes live. So on, if you're on the old RSS feed, well, I guess if you're on the old RSS feed, you're not listening to this. Uh, but it'll be there. But here's and the thing. Come find if this. you uh, have swapped over and know someone else that listens... Be sure to get, uh, tell them. See, now it's relevant. There you go. Uh, and I also have put in a request with um, Apple iTunes to have RSS feeds changed. Uh, there's no guarantee they will approve it. So as soon as I know whether or not we're swapping over or having to relist, I will let everyone know on Twitter. And, All right. And, uh, and then we'll I'm talk about it in the show. Google Play is the same thing, or do you have to completely relist there? Uh... Um, no, I'll have to completely relist it on Google Play for uh, sure, because you can't get into it and edit the options. Uh, like, on iTunes, you have some very, very limited control. On Google Play, once you give it to them, all you can do is see its stats, and you can never change it again. So I'll have to upload it as a new podcast. Yeah, just a complete pain in the ass then. No wonder yep. uh, nobody really talks about Google Play. 
but you know, yeah. it's, uh, at least there is an option. Yeah. I mean, it's there, but they're a little bit behind the curve. As much as I dislike Apple product, products, uh, the podcast is is definitely something that they're ahead of the curve on since, you know, it's named after them. Yeah, true. But then again, that's uh, more the, the fact that they were really the first commercially successful uh, MP3 player or the one yeah. that uh, really got the attention of a lot of people. I'm not sure if I could say that they were the first really commercially successful straight MP3 player, but I will say that they were the first ones that really got a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, but so no, I said last week I was going to report on how the i7 did editing the podcast. It is crazy how much faster it is. It's more than twice as fast, which leads me to believe that not only is it utilizing audacity, utilizing more cores better, but this strong single, the stronger single core performance is like, that was my bottleneck. The, the, my, my single core performance was okay in my i5. It certainly was nothing to write home about. Um, but having, uh, 1.6 gigahertz more per processing core has got to have been a huge thing. Like it would take me normally 20 minutes to render out the audio uh, it took three with the i7. So <laughs> something there, and I, I, I copied everything to my uh, my hard disk, so I know that it wasn't uh, the SSD because I didn't want to be reading and writing and all that to it. I mean, you know, it would have been fine because it's brand new, but I don't want to start wearing it out faster than it needs to. Yeah. So um, it wasn't that, and nothing else in my system changed, so it has to be more cores and more power from the processor. I mean, Audacity, either just the new processor's got so much more horsepower, it's not even a, a fair comparison, or Audacity is really good at um, using more than four cores. Because, I mean, it was insane. Yeah, I've I never was really paid amazed. attention to just how much uh, CPU uh, usage it's uh, doing whenever I'm doing a render. Yeah, I basically, I alt-tabbed, watched a YouTube video, came back, and it was done. And I was like, okay, well, that was less than five minutes. <laughs> that sounds like, uh, uh, well, uh, me uh, setting the computer to reset uh, and going to the bathroom and coming back and I'm back at the desktop. It's like, it reset or is it just sitting there waiting? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it will reset. It'll like, I don't know, something will happen during the render and it'll stop. And you're like, uh, did it, did it do it? But... Nope, it's just fast. So yeah, i7 4790K, good good purchase option. A lot of times I'll edit podcasts on my laptop, but now I'm like, I don't even want to. Because, you know, I'll be at the clinic and have free time. But now I'm just like, well, I guess, you know, tomorrow night after I'm done, uh, or after we're done streaming, I can go edit the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, got... Are we streaming this week? Yep, uh, we will be for sure, unless something else happens to someone that's not me that I have to go take care uh, of. What can I say? I've uh, missed uh, the streams. I missed everybody, too. I was looking forward to getting back to it last week. But, yeah, you rode my throat way too hard, dude. You got to uh, be gentle or use some lube or something. I'll, I'll uh, give you some nice warm tea afterwards. I sounded like a frog Wednesday night. <laughs> and then I had an emergency Friday uh, did night. Did Katie make any comments about me uh, riding your voice too much? <laughs> no, she didn't notice. Oh, well, like, I mean, she doesn't get on Twitter very often. And if you didn't tell her directly, I didn't tell her because I didn't think about it. Uh, I, no, I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
so yeah and then i had that emergency friday which i don't know how many of you uh saw that tweet in the community but i'm fine my kid is fine my wife is fine just i mean i told rage what happened and a couple other people know but uh yeah, but not I'm not telling. really talking about it very much just because it's a sensitive topic yeah. for Katie. But we're we're fine, so nothing to worry about for us. But thank you to everyone who was concerned. I did receive uh, several DMs and texts from people who have my phone number. So thanks, everybody, for your concern. We have a great community. I love you guys. I'm giving you all a big hug right now. Why do I feel a little creepy about this? <laughs> Oh. oh, and this week's podcast is brought to you by Google Play's I'm Feeling Lucky playlist. Let's see what we've got. Ooh, Kesha. TikTok for the first one. Yeah, I can handle this. Although some of these songs I don't recognize on the playlist, so some of them I do, though. And the ones I do recognize are nice. It's mostly, like, pop and, and like, Taylor Swift and stuff, so... Apparently, Uh-oh. I've been listening <laughs> well, too much Taylor Swift on well, my Google Play. Uh, well, now you need playlist. to watch out because, uh, you know, if that was Biff that showed up to uh, uh, do some plumbing here, he's definitely going to be pissed when he shows up at your house. No, no, this is good. It'll be like Biff repellent. I'll just turn <laughs> it up. But Or I'll just send him into a murderous rage. One of the two. It could, but I've got a gun. I've got several guns, so I should be okay. Unless well, he also has a gun and he shoots first. <laughs> Which one of us is Han? <laughs> uh, well, he was more Jabba, but... Uh. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of Star Wars, there's Star Wars video games, so let's move on to talking about video games. That was contrived. Uh, yeah, not, uh, not your smoothest transition ever. No, but uh, I don't think it's my worst either. <laughs> sadly, no. Oh, so tell me about your games you played this week, right? Well, my first one isn't... Technically, a game. It's a way to play games. Uh, Remote er. It's a uh, Google. Well, well, for me, it's an Android app, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, has an Apple app as well. It's a remote play uh, for smartphones, uh, allowing you to play computer games on your smartphone. And uh, I can't imagine there would be very many games that this would work well with, even if the app is awesome. And based well, on well, what well, you said well, before well, the podcast, the is, no, no. Here's the thing: is that it supports Bluetooth uh, uh, controllers. So, in theory, I could pair my DualShock Four controller with my phone and have uh, uh, games like that, which okay. will work That's a lot so better. But I'm but. pretty sure this is running through a third-party server somewhere because I tried it on the local network, and I was getting, I would estimate about a 500 ping between. What I was seeing on my primary monitor and what I was seeing updated on my phone. I mean, even running it wirelessly, which you would have to do, yeah. it still shouldn't be that bad. Yeah, that that's why I was uh, I was tearing apart my network uh, settings trying to figure out if it was me or if it was running through a third-party server. And I didn't see anything in the uh, uh, net stat that suggested it. But then again, uh, it, there's so many connections on a modern computer these days that it's really hard to narrow it down. Yeah. So, but just from the pure lag between the two connections, and I should say that my setup on testing this, I had Mad Max running, which is a fairly demanding game, but it was doing this on every game. But Mad Max allowed me to see the change a lot easier. I was using my DualShock 4 controller uh, uh, connected to my computer, 
and I'll dungeon stick and then I'll uh, watch with my phone sitting right below the monitor the difference uh, in the, uh, uh, the the delay for the phone to update. And there was times that I would uh, you know, do a quick nudge on the stick, release it, and it would be uh, about half a second before the phone updated. Which you know, rules out anything with action. Yeah, that, that and it has some really nasty compression on it. Um, uh, I realize that you know this is a more of an action game, so it's a little uh, uh, less fair. But there was some heavily, uh, heavy uh, blockiness. Uh, you know, the heavy compression uh, on the normal setting on Ultra, it was starting to max out my network. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the bit rate is on Ultra, but. On normal, it's uh, a little lacking. Uh, for turn-based stuff, though, where there's not a lot of updates, where the bit rate isn't that important, then it'd be fine. I was actually playing FTL with it, which actually works fairly well with it. What you're able to do is, if you're not using a controller, you're, uh, you could set up custom uh, touchscreen controls. So you could set it up where... Uh, uh, there's a button that you uh, hit that uh, for, for FTL or hit space to pause the game uh, and then several controls for basic functions. Right. And it actually worked fairly well for that. I mean, granted, the delay did make things a little uh, uh, tougher, but FTL is not exactly a fa- uh, fast-paced game. And I also right. tried it out when I was at the doctor's office and it Granted, I realize this is the hospital network, and you know the hospital network isn't set up for this, but it was unplayable, even FTL. It just wouldn't connect properly. Right. And I've had some issues with the app. I've had times where it wouldn't uh, start synchronizing the video. I had control over the uh, uh, the remote computer. I uh, could move the camera, and I heard music. But the video wouldn't start. And the only way to get it to uh, show up was to actually reset my phone so it completely shut down things. Even killing the app in the Android uh, control panel didn't do it. I had to do a complete reset on my phone. Well, that sounds familiar to something I'm going to talk about. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that it's a good concept. Oh, and also it... Uh, it's a paid app. It, they have a free version that has ads, which isn't that bad. There's an ad that starts whenever you uh, start up a game. But honestly, most games have a startup time and long enough that uh, the ad doesn't really impact you. As a matter of fact, it just blocks the uh, all the damn splash screens are in modern games these days. Right. <clears throat> uh, and there's a small banner ad at the uh, on the connection screen. Uh and that's it. Uh, and uh, it's a paid service, so it's I think it's two dollars a month, which really makes me think that they're running this through a third party server and not it's a direct connection like what Team Viewer would be. Yeah. Uh, the the paid sur- uh, uh, the paid subscription plus uh, the fact that I was getting such a lag uh, really supports that in my opinion. Uh, even though I don't have a hundred percent confirmation on that, and there's not a lot out about this app, and this is really my only option because of AMD. And Nvidia has really locked down a lot of the streaming stuff so far, uh, because there are uh, there's a Moonlight that uses the Nvidia uh, codecs. Uh, there's and there's Nvidia's uh, uh, 
well, service that we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Yep. Uh, also allows for streaming on uh, on the go. Uh, it's a like I said, it's a good idea, and if it was a direct connection or if it wasn't as laggy, I can't tell which it is. It could just be my phone. It, it, that's very possible. But it's my phone isn't a slouch. It's an HTC One M Eight. Yeah, I mean, not top of the line, but you know, I would say it's a good mid tier phone, don't you? Yeah, I mean, when it came out, it was their flagship phone a couple of years ago. So, and today's standards, it'll be somewhere between uh, upper average to average, and on terms of power. And I mean, this thing would have to run on you know average spec phones. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. Not everybody has got really nice, expensive smartphones. I mean, most people have a smartphone, but there's now a lot of really budget smartphones out there. So yeah, and this was uh, uh, got this second hand, so you know it's uh, not exactly uh, uh, an expensive uh, thing for me. Yeah, I mean, heck, even my phone is finally starting to show its age. It's two and a half years old now, or mm-hmm. so, and I mean, it's just you know. It's not quite as sprightly as it once was because modern apps and things demand more processing power. And Yeah, so the, either it requires just an absurd uh, app or, or absurd phone and it's an uh, inefficient app, which is possible, but I didn't see anything that would suggest that. And uh, the Google Play Store said that it runs on my phone. So, you know, that would suggest that, you know, it you know, runs on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, because they kind of you know limit you if uh, they think it's not going to run on your phone, even though it uh, possibly could anyway. Yeah, yeah, Android will let you do that. Uh, on in the Apple Store, it's like, oh, you probably can't run this app. Sorry, you can't download it. Well, uh, Google does. You can buy well, it, but you could uh, get around it by just uh, finding the uh, file anyway. Yeah, yeah, the iTunes will still let you buy something even if your device can't run it, but. It won't let you install it. Uh, Apple. But yeah, that's pretty much it for Remoter. It's, uh, like I said, nice idea, execution, eh, but I can't tell if it's network, uh, uh, my lo- lo- local network, the ISP in the area, which is very likely to be shit anyway, or just the way they're running things. But I'm pretty sure it's the way they're running things. Yeah. But I do like the flexibility of it. If if you're doing a more turn-based thing, then it would work fine. As a matter of fact, a tablet with this for Civ would be amazing. If you don't mind the delay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's like the flagship thing I would think of. Even though all the games that they show are these big action games, you know, showing... I think they're... Uh, thing where they show off uh, how to set up the controls is Team Fortress 2, and I would not play Team Fortress 2 with this. <laughs> I wouldn't play Pyro in Team Fortress 2 with this. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll give it a shot this week. Uh, maybe try it out on both my iPad and my phone. Yeah, I want you to uh, do the setup I was doing. Local okay. network uh uh, you don't have to use the exact controller, but do uh, set it up where your phone, you can see your phone and your monitor at the same time and hit a control on your computer and using the phone as a secondary monitor. 
and see if okay. you see the same lag. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that this Granted, week. Granted, our setups will be different, and it's very possible that you're going to be closer to a, uh, a server than I am. But it, the way the ser- way the lag was, it did feel like I was playing probably a server in the Midwest. If uh, it is just, you know, uh, going through a third-party server. Yeah. No, I'll give it a shot this week and see. I'll just leave that tab open. All right, what else you got? Okay, well, I'm going to gush about RimWorld for a little bit then. <laughs> of course you are. Hey, you could talk about Train Fever for weeks and weeks and weeks in a row. I, I can. can talk about RimWorld once in a while. You can. So I finally got some time with uh, the Alpha 16 build. I did some recording, but I wasn't happy with how it was turning out. Uh, uh, I want to try to uh, redo that uh, probably tomorrow night before... Uh, uh, the series goes live. It was more uh, a couple mods weren't clicking right for me, and that was kind of screwing up things. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't a death nail for the uh, colony yet, so it didn't feel right to you know put it out. And, uh, it requires a little bit of refinement. But oh, there, I last uh, played RimWorld on Alpha fourteen, so there's been two major updates since I played. Uh, well, gotten back up to date, I should say, because I've been playing Alpha 14 for a while now. The drug system in it uh, is actually really interesting. The, the fact that you could uh, really supplement uh, mood losses just by giving uh, all your colonists uh, space weed. <laughs> Aw, yeah, space uh, weed. A matter of fact, I was laughing my ass off because I found out that you could basically give joints to your prisoners... To get their mood up to make them easier to recruit. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. Because the uh, the way it works is that you, you capture a uh, person that's uh, assaulting your base or whatever. And you're basically trying to convince them, you know, you really should join us instead. <laughs> and uh, some people are easier to uh, to change over than harder uh, than uh, uh, others. Travels are pretty much too primitive to really be able to do it. Unless you get really lucky, and then you could also, whenever there's a a, a, a escape pod, there's a, occasionally a, a survivor that you're able to capture and uh, talk them into recruiting. Even though they have changed it, where if you just rescue them, they could join you out of gratitude, and there's a stronger chance if the area is hostile, if there's an event going on that's uh, uh, there's an event called Toxic Fallout, so anything that anyone that's not indoors is slowly getting poisoned. Right. And if you pass a certain threshold, you um, die. Yeah, you know, just slightly. Uh, and also, uh, <laughs> uh, if you're uh, poisoned to a certain degree, you have a chance to get dementia. Mel's does that all too well. Because <laughs> uh, no, one of her uh, well, well, for those who don't know, I name all my characters in uh, in my RimWorld series after uh, well, listeners, uh, Twitch streamers that I watch, and uh, just acquaintances. And Mel's was a character in uh, that, and she was uh, going to do something in the Toxic Fallout. Uh, I'm pretty sure that she was grabbing uh, some of the uh, livestock that died in the uh, Fallout to, before the corpses rotted, because yeah, that's going to be healthy to eat. Absolutely. Well, the th- the best. well, the thing is, the toxic fallout uh, kills everything, and it makes it so that, you know, you have to try to uh, survive the best you can. 
Well, and she built up uh, to uh, a certain percentage of the uh, toxic fallout, and she uh, gained dementia from it. <laughs> oh, nice. Which would make it every so often she would forget what she was doing and just kind of wander around for a little bit. Grand, she didn't That's really... probably pretty realistic, though, based on what I know about males. <laughs> I mean, I love you, girl, but... Wow. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yes, you are. Remember. That's all right. I didn't say that. Granted, I may have given you dementia, but it was a complete accident, and I didn't even know that it could happen. So I got that going for me. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, uh, the uh, drug system really changes things. Uh, that's the Alpha 15. Alpha 16 was a complete game changer with caravans. Now, you could uh, get caravans to show up your colony occasionally anyway. But Alpha 16 made it where that you could send out caravans and raid other colonies nearby. <laughs> and it's made it so that you don't have to sit and wait to hope that a trader shows up. You could send off people on your own. And there are some ingenious mods out already for it. There's a camping mod that allows you to build uh, tents and sleeping bags and a portable stove and uh, basically have the caravan stop every so often. Well, the caravan stops automatically at night anyway to rest. But there's a uh, set-up camp mod now that allows your caravan to uh, essentially stop in this little pocket zone and uh, to recuperate, uh, replenish food by killing the local wildlife and uh, getting some extra meals. And it's a real game changer. <laughs> it's just, it's it's one of those things that it sounds very simple, but it is very complex to set up. And this is actually a, a thing that's been on the development map for Dwarf Fortress for ages. And this is... I think this is the first game that I've really seen it done really well. I've seen other uh, uh, settlement games like this uh, set up uh, caravans somewhat, but not to this degree. It's okay. really impressive. Uh, I, if you uh, haven't played RimWorld in a while, uh, I would strongly suggest checking out the new update because Alpha 16 is just amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Alpha 17 and beyond because, oh, it's, it's RimWorld is a game that's getting better and better as it goes on. Yeah, I do intend to buy and play RimWorld eventually. But for me, RimWorld is a game that I'm like, well, you know, I get to listen to you talk about it all the time. And that's good enough until it gets closer to release. Well, RimWorld is essentially a light version of one of my favorite games. It, and it's a lot more accessible, but still has the depth in it. And it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yeah. Uh, but uh, really the big thing is that the UI isn't hot garbage. <laughs> because that's really the downfall of Dwarf Fortress. Is It's a very deep game. It's a very enjoyable game. If you don't mind the ASCII or the uh, tile-based uh, graphics, then uh, yeah, yeah. that doesn't really matter all that much. But the thing is that the UI... There's, uh, you could tell that it's been in development for a decade and it's been layer upon layer of different systems added because uh, in one menu, you'll be using Wadza to uh, highlight and move the cursor around. In another, you'd be using the arrow keys. In another, you'd be using uh, uh, H, uh, J, K, uh, U, and M. So, yeah, it's one of those things that you could definitely tell that the uh, that there's been some different... Uh, 
uh, iterations of different systems over the years and they need to sit down and really work out the UI, but that's probably going to be one of the last things they do because it's just building new systems all the time. Right. Uh, but the uh, mod support for RimWorld is really what's selling it for me. Uh, it's, uh, I would say it's about KSP levels of uh, mod support right now. Uh, th- there's a mod that does a complete rework of RimWorld that makes it on Mars. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, uh, well, well, here's the thing, is that it also adds the uh, life support, which, uh, and uh, uh, it makes it so that your solar panels have to be cleaned every so often, like in the Martian. Uh, and it's just uh, one of those things, I, I want to go play it, but at the same time, uh, some of the mods that I love to use just aren't supported with it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Mars one... Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% certain, though. It makes it more of a survival game than uh, than what the base game is, which is more of a base management uh, and uh, combat game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, love me some RimWorld. Okay, so I, I assume be... that your next game is the one that you said that you were going to hate on. Uh, actually, what I was hating on was Reboter. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant you were gonna hate on love on one game and hate on one game. No. Okay. No, I meant entries. Oh, okay. So, what's your next game, Rage? Uh, Valiant Hearts: The Great War, or the uh, French title, of which is completely unpronounceable by me, and I'm not even gonna attempt it. <laughs> Hang on, where's the French title? Is it on the Steam Store page? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I know on the. Uh, 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 on uh, my uh, library, it has the Steam uh, French title as well. Yeah, I I took two years of French in college, and I don't know how to say this. <laughs> but that's mostly because I hated it, so. Uh, well, I could tell that it says memories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, uh, Valiant Hearts is... An adventure game set in World War One, and I should say, close to actual World War One, not the fantasy World War One that Battlefield One has, where everybody's running around with automatic weapons and are complete badasses, and there's no trench warfare or anything. Right. And I could tell this is going to be a very heartfelt game, and it's uh, something I wanted to do after having the total badassery that is. Uh, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine. Yeah, the the other side of the coin, really. That And also, the, the other game that I played just wasn't clicking with me and thought, you know, this sounds fun. And we were talking about how Ubisoft is uh, really the only AAA studio that will put out these indie titles. Yeah. So, uh, it seemed like a good time to do it. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I've only gotten, uh, I would say, a little over an hour into it so far. Uh, yeah. And it uh, the story bounces between uh, four uh, main characters. Let's see, there's uh, Frankie. Uh, oh, and I'm, uh, there's a dog that shows up. I love uh, the dog. Uh, uh, Anna, which uh, literally showed up at the very end of my play. And Emil. And yeah. it's essentially a brick and love story. Uh, Emil's uh, uh, son-in-law. I'm pretty sure he's his son-in-law. Even though he looks more like <laughs> uh, 
uh, the boy than he does, uh, yeah, the uh, his uh, daughter is trying to essentially bring his son-in-law back to his daughter uh, and his grandson. And I could tell already that this is going to be a very sad story. Yeah, I cried a lot. The this game was one of the free games on Xbox uh, last year sometime, and I played it and I cried a lot. I won't I won't spoil anything for you, but it is a very heartfelt, touching, wonderful story. There are a few of the sort of, I don't know what you want to call them, mini games or puzzles or whatever that you have to do. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are really frustrating, but for the most part, it yeah, doesn't. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how far I've great. gotten. Uh, uh, one of the last sequences I did was the uh, escape sequence with the French can-can. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the Zeppelin in the background. Yeah. It took me a moment to realize that everything was really synced to the music because uh, I was doing this on YouTube, so I'm chattering away the entire time. <laughs> so it's like, wait, yeah. wait, is this synced to the music? Yeah, the worst. Well, no, I won't. I won't say anything to spoil it because even just talking about it might right. spoil it a little bit. But yeah, no, that that's not so bad. It they're more towards I guess the, there's one in the middle of the game, pretty much right smack dab in the middle, that drove me crazy. And then there's one towards the end that was frustrating as well. Uh, although that could be on my own personal hangup, but regardless, the game is wonderful and it will probably. Now, make now I'm not going to ask: Is it just figuring out, or if it, or is it the execution? It's the execution. Oh boy, because uh, I did have a sequence where uh, in the trenches, uh, realizing that I had to send the dog through the tunnel because it was really a f- the first time that he sent the dog into the background to get something. Yeah. No, for for one of them, it's definitely the execution, and the other one I feel like is a little bit of both. It's a little convoluted, and then when you figure it out, it's still stupid to try and do. I will say that but, I do kind of like the hint system. I uh, saw it more in action when I was in my playtesting, just, you know, getting the feel for the game. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, if you sit there for a minute, you will get a hint, and then you know, sit there for another minute, and uh, usually by the second hint, you know, you've uh, figured it out anyway. Right. Yeah, it's a good game. Good but game. I absolutely love the art style. Granted, there uh, there are a couple sequences in the opening that, you know, uh, it seems like they compressed things a little too much or they didn't have the, enough resolution, so things looked a little too fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, but I like the sort of comic book style of uh, uh, of how the game looks. Yeah. It's, it's pretty short, too. It's about five, maybe six hours. Yeah, five or six hours, and I'm... Uh, uh, about an hour into it. Yeah. Man, I might play that this week. <laughs> what is it with me getting you to play games? I don't know. I went... So, I... I mean, I do this every once in a while. I just kind of take a break from a lot of games and obsess about something else. And for the last week or two, that's been finishing Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series. And I finally polished off... Last night, I tweeted about it. I polished off uh, the the series. I, I watched all of season six last night because it's only 13 episodes. Yeah, you were and, talking about winning a Star Wars RPG, and oh, there's not a lot of options out there. Yeah, I know. I couldn't think of any, and I was like, well, I'll ask the group. And yeah, maybe only thing I mean, you know, KOTOR, but I played KOTOR like... Yeah, and the only thing I was two. able to think of was the Old Republic, which uh, it's... From what I understand, Grant, I haven't I played enough of it because... Uh, the Old Republic was a game that I started with a friend. We played one night together, and then he lost interest and didn't bother to tell me. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, that's honestly that's kind of how I felt about it. Uh, when it went free to play, I started playing it again, and I kind of pushed through the one of the stories, and it's all right. But... I would imagine uh, it's all right, but the thing is that it also has the problem of MMO pacing. Yeah, and in some games, I'm okay with MMO pacing, but well, actually, in a lot of games, but they tried to make this an RPG, like a straight up RPG. And the MMO pacing just slows all of that down so much. Basically, like, okay. you want uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3. I would love a Knights of the Old Republic 3, or honestly, any other style of RPG. It could be a, a Western style, you know, Fallout or Elder Scrolls RPG, or it could be a JRPG. That's probably why I've been so hooked on uh, Star Wars, uh, what is it, Galactic... I'm suddenly, I suddenly can't remember the name of the yeah, game. Yeah, well, let's consumed. put it this way. I put in uh, Star, Galaxy Wars, of Heroes. Star Wars role-playing games, and I get a Wikipedia link. Tabletop role-playing games, uh, the uh, ones that we played. Role-playing video games, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and then the MMOs, the Old Republic, uh, Star Wars Galaxies, which is dead now. Star Wars... Well, uh, you can play Star Wars Galaxies. There's a... Yeah, uh, emulated server, right? But it's terrible because it's dead. I tried that last year. It's, I mean, there's like 3,000 total players worldwide. You can never find anyone on. It's just a desert wasteland. Yeah, and then there's some text-based thing that uh, looks like it's based around a, a forum, which I'm sure that would be uh, amazing now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to play another Star Wars RPG because I've played the kind of the definitive Star Wars RPGs like 40 times a piece. So, but yeah. Looks oh, like I'm th- this is going to get me some hate. I haven't actually played through either Knights of the Old Republics. I have them both. I just haven't sat down and played through them. That's all right. KOTOR 1 is hard to play now because it doesn't run properly on modern resolutions. You, I mean, you know, you can edit the .ini files and there's some mods and stuff that will fix it, but it doesn't it you know it suffers from being old kotor 2 works fine yeah but, but then you have to bot in chunk. the yeah you have to bot in the extra content yeah so which thankfully the steam version has added uh, uh workshop support yeah so that's not so bad maybe i should play kotor 2 with the extra content i've only played through it once with the added content cuz i used to play it on xbox which didn't have it so maybe i'll do that put that in the list of games to start playing yeah, a lot of uh, Star Wars stuff is more based around the action of the series. And I would say that Star Wars, yes, yes, it does have its action sequences, but it's a lot stronger of a universe. It's a shame that there's no real uh, RPGs outside of Knights of the Old Republic. I would like to see a modern RPG in the Star Wars universe where you can choose to be a Jedi or Sith and you start um, as, you know, they're, whatever their training is, either a Padawan or I don't know what the Sith apprentices are called but regardless start is one of those uh, and it's an rpg uh, game uh, a modern a, rpg sith apprentices are called douches or at least <laughs> uh, that's what the uh what i would assume from the prequels <laughs> nice i if you have you ever seen the clone wars animated series uh bits and pieces of it you should watch it it really changes how you feel about some of the prequel characters did it's you way ever better see the, the uh, fan-made thing uh, uh, harping on cops uh, no. for Star Wars? Oh. <laughs> you need to see this. I'm going to go searching for this while uh, we uh, ch- uh, chatter away for a bit because you would love this. It's okay. A- I'll I'll watch it later whenever you find it, but 
I'll I'll watch it. Um, are you are you done with your games? Is it time yeah. for me to move on to mine? Okay. Well, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is the Steam Link. They went on sale for twenty bucks during the winter sale, and I bought it, bought mine, and or bought one, and set it up this past week, and have been toying around with it. So there's some some good things, and I think I've got all of the kinks worked out. But oh, there's also ah. some really shitty things. Well, that we know that you really need to work mad. out your kinks. <laughs> Touche. So the Steam Link, I mean, does what it says on the ten. It you know lets you stream games from a PC to a TV without needing a second computer. Well, this which, sounds familiar. Which I have. I mean, I've got a laptop. I've got. Well, three desktops, the server machine. I still got to finish putting it together, but you know, I have and, lots and of PCs. But the problem is, is that my entertainment center doesn't have room for any of them, and I, and should I can't say put it on the floor because I have a kid. That we haven't planned this. That we didn't plan both talking about some sort of streaming thing. <laughs> no, so um, so you know, those are kind of kind of out. There's no room to fit it in. So I thought, well, you know, I want to have. I've been wanting to buy a Steam Link to try it out, anyways. Might as well, since they're cheap, and then I can talk about it on the podcast after it gets here and I get it set up. So you can, first of all, there's no instructions that come with it, which I normally I don't care because I can figure stuff out on my own. But the kind of person, like there are people they're trying to sell this to. I think, I mean, not everybody who plays PC games has like this, you know, really intense technical knowledge and builds their own rigs and everything, like. What if it's like some mom who wants to set it up to surprise her kid or, you know, something like that, or just somebody who bought a, a you know, a pre-built PC that I'm gonna is pretty go decent say, for gaming? I'm going to go say this is the Google problem. Uh, and uh, Hear me out on this. Okay. Uh, Google products, at least in the past, I'm, I haven't toured around with any of the newer ones to see if this is still an issue. They're built by engineers. They'll, they're built by geeks. Yeah. Who understand all everything that they need to do uh, to uh, get things to run and uh, all the ends and outs. The problem is that they don't think about the end user nearly as much as they should. So if you, you don't, say that, yeah. So if you don't know that, uh, you know, know how everything works, you're completely lost until you start hunting around and trying to figure out a, a God. Yeah. So on the box, the, like, yeah, there's you know, an exploded like, view of everything. Yeah, there's a schematic on the box. I'm like, what the hell is this for? Who What's is that? this? I mean, it looks neat, but like, why? Okay, okay. The uh, the reason why that is there is for modding. Because, uh, well, this is more uh, going on the controller side of things. The Steam controller. Is that yeah. the, uh, the Steam controller is supposedly very moddable. And there are some third-party parts out already. Mostly limited to just the battery uh, casing uh, so far, but they made it where you could swap out practically everything out of that controller. And I imagine uh, the Steam Link is built to be able to do some modding on the case itself. That makes a little bit of sense, but why put the schematic on the box? It'd be easier to have it online because or it have a diagram. Because it looks impressive. It didn't look impressive. It looked like they were having a dick waving contest with someone regardless i mean it wasn't that big of a deal i was like if you're not impressed by it they're not going to release half-life 3 well i guess i just screwed everyone out of half-life 3 because i'm not impressed anyways so so i I get it set up uh well anyway oh blah i got off of off of my train of thought so there's no directions in the box there's like what there's this little thing it's a, a page and it's got two pictures on it 
And what it's supposed to do, and because I realize what it's supposed to do, like this is supposed to be showing, okay, if you want to set it up for wired connection, do it this way. And if you want to set it up for wireless connection, do it that way. But I handed this to Katie and I was like, what does this mean? And she looked at it for a few minutes and she was like, I, I don't she know. She looked at it, turned the She's page like, at 90 degrees, turned the page another 90 degrees. Like she flipped over. She's like, where's the rest? I was like, no, that's it. She's like, this is worse than Ikea furniture directions. <laughs> And then I explained it. I was like, well, I mean, I know this because, like, this is what I do. But pretend you had bought this for me and you wanted to set it up as a gift. She's like, I couldn't do it. I'd just give it to you. So it's no directions or anything. They also don't have any directions online to tell you how to get this thing set up properly. Um, because yeah, I imagine it, that there's probably a couple of YouTube videos from third parties. Uh, and that's uh, the documentation, essentially. Yeah. It's the, it's the KSP approach where... Uh, you uh, get into the tutorial and it tells you the basic controls and how to kind of flaw. But to really understand things, you have to go to Scott Manley. Yeah. So anyway, so I hooked it up. I was going to try it wireless. Like I know that a wired connection would be better, but I thought, well, you know, the Steam uh, streaming to my laptop or whatever works fine wirelessly. So, you know, this might be good enough as well. Plus it's sitting pretty close to my router. Um so I went with wireless, and I'll come back to that in a minute. And I get it plugged in, and it's one of those things, like, for first-time setup, whenever you turn on your TV and switch over to that input, it turns on. And so it turns on, and it's like, it wants you to do things. And it's like, I don't have anything hooked up to this. Does it work wirelessly with the Steam controller? Do I have to use the little dongle? Do I need to plug something uh, in? Th- well, I do know that the Link has the dongle built into it. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, I looked up online and it's like, if you want to use your steam controller, if you have this, this version of the steam controller, you just have to plug it in. And I went, okay. So I plugged in my steam controllers dongle and that's how it's connected. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the steam link has the dongle for the steam controller built into it. And it also has Bluetooth built into it. But so then you go to network settings and, um, if you don't have a certain version of the steam link, which I didn't have, it won't automatically search for networks. You have to actually put in all of your network information, which is fine because I know all that stuff. But again, what if you're somebody who doesn't? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to suggest a video to you and I'm going to drop this in the show notes for later. There's a YouTube channel called Battle Nonsense and he does a lot of network stuff and he did an extensive video over uh, the Steam link and how the uh, bit rate, which I'm assuming you're going to be coming to, uh, needs to be updated to get a really good quality over uh, more fast paced games. And you yep. have to do some uh, uh, more hackery for it. Yep. So, so, so I put that's going to be in the show notes. Uh, or just search uh, Battle Nonsense uh, uh, Game Streaming uh, Link uh, Lag Analysis. Steam Link Lag Analysis. Uh, you'll find it pretty easily. Right. So I put in all my network information. I connect to my, my router. It downloads all of its updates, gets set up. Good to go. Um, then it starts crashing, just repeatedly crashing. Like it would crash and then it would lock up my desktop and I'd have to press the reset button on my desktop or, you know, hold down the power button and do it that way. Couldn't figure out why. Couldn't figure out why for the life of me. Um, so I went and looked online, uh, constant crashing, go to the beta version. Okay. So I go to the beta version, stops constantly crashing. Uh, then I run a network test and it's telling me that I have 5% packet loss and or five percent data loss and well, a your lag problem. of one point something seconds 
And I'm like, I'm on a five gigahertz network with the the box like 10 feet away from my router. This is terrible. Maybe uh, the remoter wasn't running through a remote network after all. So the only thing that I can come up with, because I did some research, I couldn't find out the answer. The only thing I can come up with is that this is has a very low power Wi-Fi transceiver. Yeah, he was talking about the Wi-Fi isn't exactly ideal. Yeah, that or that um, on a proper PC, when you stream to it, uh, Steam is actually using some of the the client's processing power to help kind of compensate for that stuff. And the Steam uh, Steam Link doesn't have any of that. Those are well, the only two uh, things the, I could come in, up with. The in-home uh, streaming, it does have a fair amount of processing going on on the uh, uh, client side as well as the uh, host side. Because okay. I, I uh, would do uh, remote streaming with my notebook, and it did get a little toasty, but it wasn't nearly as bad as uh, you know it running full tilt. So there okay. was some stuff going on there, but I would say more. It's probably the either your Wi-Fi signal, which I'm not sure the strong uh, how strong the signal was. The fact that you were getting that much packet loss means that something was going on signal wise, or yeah, you know, it's just a underpowered uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's there could be some interference too. I mean, this thing is sitting in my entertainment system with four other Wi-Fi connected devices, and yeah, it could be like there's the some glass and stuff in there. It could just be yeah, it could be just interference. Uh, you know, just so, so much signal noise. Right, but so it was unplayable. So uh, I got out a 25 foot network cable that I have and strung Ooh. it over things. This is just temporary. I'm gonna put it up proper so it looks nice, and Katie won't kill me. But break out the duct tape. Temporarily, I just got a really long network cable and run it behind and over things and plugged it in. And that eliminated that problem, so well, that was uh, good. Well, if we find you dead with the uh, uh, hanging from that network cable, we know Katie did it. <laughs> yes. But so that was – then it started working better. That was good. But then it still kept crashing. I would get – I would play games for 20 or 30 minutes, and then it would hang. And it would still be running on my PC. Like I could walk over to my desk and sit down, and I could keep playing the game. But it – and I could even play it using like the Steam controller plugged into the Steam Link, but it would just be frozen on the TV. I'd have to uh, the video. Yeah, I'd have to force shut down the Steam Link or just unplug it because sometimes the menu wouldn't even come up. It would just completely lock up and and reset it. Or I'd have to reset my PC, which you know cuts the connection. Eventually, Steam Link goes, "Oh, there's no connection. I guess I should go back to the menu, and then I can control it from there." You know what my problem was with that? What? You know why it does that? Because big picture mode fucking sucks. <laughs> I did a little more research, and everyone was like, yeah, sometimes big picture mode just does that for no reason, and there's no fix for it. So uh, I, I do, do you... not like big picture mode. Well, the thing is that I'm, uh, I have really no use for big picture mode because I don't stream to a television, but it's actually prevented me from using the DualShock 4's uh, support and Steam because uh, the way you bring up big picture mode on a computer is you hold down the home button or for the DualShock 4, the PS button. That is also the power button. Oh, so nice. If I'm turning on the controller and I have it held down for too long, but uh, when it makes its connection, it says, it says, oh, the P- uh, PS uh, button's uh, down. I should should probably launch big picture mode down because that's exactly what you want to do instead of turning on the controller, let alone turn off the fucking thing because 
guess what you have to do to turn off the fucking controller? Go through big picture mode and turn it off? No, 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 no. To turn off the controller, not big picture mode. Oh. Pull the yeah. battery out? Um, you can't do that on PlayStation 4. Yeah, you can't can do you? that. Okay. Uh, it's a non... Well, it, it is a serviceable battery if you're willing to crack open the controller. Because it's a sealed controller. You have right. to hold down the PlayStation button. <laughs> nice. Uh, but uh, uh, that's the reason why I turned it off completely, is that uh, using DualShock for Windows... Uh, well, one of the other reasons why I use DualShock for Windows is that I'm able to tour around with the dead zones to make uh, it a little less fidgety. But instead of uh, holding down the uh, PS button for 10 seconds, just hold down uh, options and uh, the PS button for one second while tilting it up uh, uh, as kind of a, just a uh, safety measure. And yep. one second it turns off. Well, that's frustrating. Um, so the only way to connect the Steam Link is through Big Picture Mode. So I have to, here's what I have to do. I have to power up the Steam Link, okay. connect it connect it to my PC, which fires up Big Picture Mode. Then I have to use either the mouse or the Steam Controller, go to turn Big Picture Mode off. Then the Steam Link, thank God, stays connected to your PC, and you can use it just like, you know, your team viewing in, or, you know, you're just remoting into your PC. And then you can launch games that way. And so far, it doesn't crash. I played um, Valkyrie Chronicles for like Way two hours, <laughs> and it didn't. And it didn't crash. Didn't hang up. Nothing ran beautifully. Um, I think that if the issue is something on like my problem with you know too much interference or whatever, wireless would be serviceable. Uh, um, well, you'd I have to turn the connection down settings down from like beautiful to like the balance mode or the the performance mode, but even that was still okay because I tested that anyways just to see what they look like. They're not too bad, um, yeah, well, so I think that well, it would run wirelessly something like fine. Valkyria Chronicles, there's not a lot of action. Yeah, uh, so you can get away with it. The thing is that uh, the Battle Nonsense video, which is in the show notes now, uh, he was uh, testing it with uh, F1 2016, I think it was, and there's a lot of movement on the screen. Yeah. So you're going to see the blocky uh, stuff like I was talking about with Mad Max on Remoter. Yeah. Well, I tested it with a a few games, like just really rapid fire, like just checking it out, seeing what games looked like and how they performed. Um, You might have seen me do that yesterday once I got it all working. And it performs so far really well. Once I got all the bugs worked out so that it wasn't crashing every 20 or 30 minutes, uh, I... It works fine. I mean, it's just like sitting at my desk playing games, except, you know, I'm sitting in my recliner playing them on my TV. And that is wonderful, which is why I want to play some of these games that I haven't played in forever. Because I bought, like, I've, I've been doing this for a while. I'll buy a game and be like, oh, one day I'm going to have a media PC and I can just stream this to my TV. And then I can play this game on my couch because it's not the kind of game I want to play sitting at my desk. Like Valkyria Chronicles. I don't want to play that sitting at my desk. I'd rather play that in a big comfy chair leaning back think in your recliner because it's love a pretty Mad slow Max, game. Uh, just, uh, yeah, relaxing and uh, goofing around in the wasteland. Yeah. You know, it's it's a pretty slow game. So I'm like, I'd rather sit in my big comfy recliner and do this. And so that's what I've been doing. That's why I played Valkyria Chronicles for like four hours this week. But um, it's overall, it's really good. Uh, although it's very limited. If you don't have a, a, a high, uh, blah, a house, uh, that's wired for networking, mm-hmm. which most modern houses are, but a lot of older houses aren't, 
uh, it would be really tough to use unless your entertainment system sits, you know, if your router and everything, like if all of that is where your entertainment system is, then that would be okay. Um, I suspect that the wireless performance would degrade really quickly once you get away, even if, you know, you don't have any interference or anything. Um, yeah, I know when I was doing uh, remote streaming with my notebook, uh, I was using a wireless for that and it'd be all right most of the time, but then you know, you would have a hang and then everything would pixelate and kind of catch up. Yeah. So I think, I think that this really needs to be used wired, which I understand why you're pushing a ton of, of information to yeah. it and it's not got anything on its end to help it out. So, um, yeah, well, you were if, talking if you've got a- well, you were talking about how you had to exit big picture mode on your computer. If it's essentially uh, uh, like TeamViewer, just remoting in, it uh, doesn't have an option to disable team uh, or disable a uh, big picture mode directly on the Steam Link without having to go uh, from your computer directly. You can. Um, you have to once once it launches and is in big picture mode, you have to go back to the options menu, which sometimes causes it to hang on uh, the Steam course. Link. So I just well, do. It I, was, on the PC. Well, I was just wondering about that. But you can. You absolutely can do it. You can just press the home button on the Steam controller, or if you're not using a Steam controller, uh, manually navigate up to the options menu, and then go into the settings and turn off big picture mode. Um, and then it, you know, it just works like TeamViewer, but sometimes it crashes. So, like TeamViewer, yeah. So uh, it's it's got problems, but overall, I I like it, and it's going to fit in well in our entertainment system. Um, the games that I played on it the most, which I'll transition to those now, was uh, Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. Once I got it set up, Katie was like, oh, hey, you got it working. Let's play some games, because, you know, she knows I have, like, I'm, I'm getting close to 500 games in my Steam library now. Only? Yeah, whatever, shut up. <laughs> You're the only person I know who would say that. Only 500. <laughs> but anyways, we went uh, Other people would be like, you have 500 games? How do you have that many? Yeah. But so we went through and we made a list of games to, to try. And then once we got finished with that, she's like, you know, I know we have this list, but we've played Sonic before and I'd really like to just play that. I was like, okay. So we played Sonic Racing for a while. Um, and I tested out a couple of other things on the Steam Link. So natively, you can use the Steam controller. You can use the Xbox One controller now. Now you can use it natively. Used to, you would have to have the dongle and plug it in and connect it just like you would a PC. But uh, it can just directly connect now. Yeah, the uh, you're talking about the newer Xbox controllers that have the Bluetooth enabled, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I was the just older, making sure. The older controllers that don't have that still have to use the dongle. But if you've got a Bluetooth Xbox controller, you can use the dongle, which I have one Bluetooth, and then I have uh, two controllers that work with the dongle. So I, I tried them both, and they both work fine. You can use a Wii U controller natively because it's Bluetooth. Um, you can't use the... The nunchuck, you have to use the Pro Controller, but I mean, that's basically an Xbox 360 controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got one of those because I have a Wii U, so I tried that out and it works fine. And then you can use a PS4 and a PS3 controller natively, but I don't have either of those, so I don't know how well they worked. And supposedly you can use an Xbox 360 controller either plugged in, USB, or using the dongle, but I don't have any of those, so I couldn't try it. And then there's a whole list of third-party controllers that work and then stuff that works plugged in by USB. Pretty much, if you can plug your controller into it with a USB cord, it'll work. Um, you just might need a really long USB cord. But, so, that was nice. Uh, I basically have, how many controllers do I have for it? Three, four, five. I have five controllers for it, just laying around the house. 
by default, so that's nice. Anyways, we played some Sonic, which I think I've talked about Sonic before. Uh, it's a, a kart racing game, basically like yeah, Mario Kart. Yeah, pretty much the best kart racing game you could get on PC right now. It is. It is. I, I actually really, I think I prefer it to Mario Kart because I like its gimmick it's, better. It's a lot more fair. Yeah. Yeah. You, plus, you know, it, uh, yes, it does have its equivalent of the blue shell. Uh, with the well, there's actually really two things that would be uh, kind of blue shellish. But one is it doesn't punish you for uh, being in the lead. It gives a boost to people that are further behind. Mario Kart does this as well, but there's not a direct hit. And the other one is that it leans more towards uh, giving a uh, power up that shrinks everyone else, but uh, the person that gets it, uh, which there's uh, the same thing in Mario Kart. Yeah. Oh, also, the closest thing you get to a, a blue shell is, I uh, believe, the uh, oh, the wasp tornadoes. Uh, no, the I forget what it's called. It's like the RC car. The wasp tornadoes oh. just drive down the middle of the track and then stop at some point and deploy, basically a well, minefield. Well, well, I wasn't sure if it uh, went uh, to the first uh, to whoever was in first or not, but uh, but it's something that you could uh, avoid. And the RC, well, uh, the RC car, you could boost to get away from. You can, but you have to have a boost or be coming out of a corner with a really good power slide because RC cars faster than you by default. Yeah. Um, and the tornado does go all the way to yeah, first place, I, but you can dodge it. It just yeah, goes straight yeah, the down the middle of the track. I would say the tornado is probably the uh, essentially the blue shell, but it's avoidable. Right. Uh, so the, yeah, uh, this the, game uh, RC car is your uh, uh, red shell. I think it is uh, the one that homes. Yeah, the RC car is the red shell. The snowballs are the equivalent. Well, the snowballs and the rocket launcher are the equivalent of green shells. Uh, the rocket's a single use, and the snowballs are three. But uh, anyways, it's... I mean, I like it better because it rewards skillful driving. The power slides are worth a lot more boost than they are in Mario Kart. Um, and the different vehicles... Cause it, so it's called Transformed because you your car transforms between a car, a boat, and a plane. And it just depends on what... Uh, track you're on as to which ones you transform into or which one you're on most of the time and all three of them handle really diff differently so you know there's an actual it feels like there's a skill a skill level that you can need to acquire to uh, control the different vehicles and make the best out of whichever tracks you're on so yeah i kind of wish uh the team fortress uh character uh it didn't switch between three of them because i would have loved to seen uh heavy uh you know in a little boat <laughs> That would be hilarious. I play uh, General Winter because he's got a tank, which transforms into a sub. Uh, uh, and the then a one mig. I played the most, I believe it was Metal Sonic. Yeah, uh, but, but I also uh, was doing the one of the crazy taxi guys, and I can't remember who. Yeah, I don't. I don't know quite a few of the Sega characters. I mean, I know plenty of them, but I would just know him as Crazy Taxi Guy. Yeah, which I know there's more than one, but I don't know their names. You know. Well, uh, but, oh, it's the black one, which makes it incredibly racist. <laughs> incredibly racist, not to know. Just the black guy. But anyways, so yeah, we played that for a couple hours, and that was fun. Um, and then I played Valkyria Chronicles the most on it. Uh, and I really like Valkyria Chronicles. I've actually never played it before. I bought it a couple of years ago when it first popped up on Steam. Um, and I wanted to play it. I, I didn't own a PS3. And it was one of the only games that made me consider buying a PS3. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it popped up on Steam. And I was like, well, screw that. I'm not going to buy a secondhand PS3 anymore. I'll just buy it on Steam and play it. And it's been sitting in my library for forever. Um, 
I ran the trading card or Steam Idler on it and got my trading cards, but I've never actually played it until this past week. And I played it for about three hours. And it's, for those of you who don't know, it's a pseudo turn-based strategy game. Yeah, it's sort of a mixture of of a turn-based strategy and a third-person shooter. Yeah, um, so it's it's an alternate World War II game um, where you play some people. Uh, <laughs> they're like a tiny country that's being invaded yeah, by yeah, the it's equivalent been too long of that Hitler. I can't remember the uh, the uh, name of the characters. Uh, but th- if you want to know the story, there's actually an anime based on it. Is there? The game looks very much like an anime. Yeah, well, like there, a really there, tastefully there, there's done an, anime. Yeah, there's an anime uh, of it. What is it? Uh, Vicaria Chronicles. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I guess I'll have to find that and watch it. But yeah. yeah so, if I recall correctly, it's like 50 episodes too. It's a longer one. Uh, while, while you chat away, I'm going to go look it up just well, to make sure of that. Playing the game feels like you're watching an interesting anime because the game is told, you know, from the perspective of people who survived the war and they're retelling the story. And so you're going through this journal and you get to like you know an entry, and it'll you can play a video or look at a photo, and the photo starts a like a conversation or something from the past. Um, okay, okay, it, I found it already. Uh, uh, it's Valkyria Chronicles, well, the Japanese uh, name for it. Uh, right. And uh, it is a longer anime. It's twenty six episodes, not fifty some, but, but yeah, you know, that's still very long for anime. That's two seasons. That's two seasons, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if it follow, goes along the entire game or not. But, but um, I'm looking here. Uh, uh, a fictitious continent rem- uh, reminiscent of 1930s Europe. Uh, the continent uh, called uh, Europa is divided between two main powers, the Imperial Empire, a uh, monarchy in the East, and the Alliance of uh, Democracies called the Federation in the West. Yeah. So... I mean, that's the gist of the story so far, but I'm only on mission three. It does take a while to get from mission to mission. That might change as I get farther in the game, but I'm still basically in the beginning. Well, they really... Um, uh, well, uh, I've played uh, through a fair chunk of the game. There are a couple of uh, points that you get uh, a severe difficulty spike, but they really try to push you into doing some of the side stuff some of the side missions to be able to level your characters up and oh i haven't even got there yet yeah i'm still on the linear track yeah, yeah i just got the tank yeah you, yeah you start to uh branch out and get a lot of side mission stuff and the thing that i hate about the game is actually how they score your uh, your success in the mission you would think for a turn-based strategy game based around individual characters that keeping those characters alive would be uh, worth more than speed. But no, uh, getting a uh, mission done in as few turns as possible and risking your characters uh, actually gets you more, uh, well, gives you uh, a better ranking, which in turn gives you more experience. Can you replay missions to get yes. more experience? Okay, that's good. I don't care to grind it out. I'm well, not well, going to well, do that. No, 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 no. I play you, you can't, games you very can't slowly. grind it out. You can only improve, if I recall correctly. Oh, okay. That's well, why. That's another thing that I don't particularly like. Whatever, I'll figure it out. But yeah, it's it's got a really beautiful art yeah, style. I have twelve love hours the art in the style. game. Um, love the art style. Love the story so far. Really liking the characters on first impression, and I do like the fact that it feels like an anime because I really like anime. Uh, that might be a turnoff for somebody who doesn't like yeah. anime, but 
regardless, it's a great game. And uh, the and I the, love the fact that all the little side characters that you get because it's not just uh you know the the main care uh, the main couple of characters you have an entire squadron and you can bring in uh there's uh, just a boatload of different characters uh, and all of them at least have some backstory and a uh, and a lot of personality to them. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to playing this game more. This is basically going to be my frontline game for the next few weeks as I play through it. Uh, you're making um, me want to play it again. Sitting on my couch. It's, uh, it's a game that I've, that I've been actually uh, uh, kind of going back and forth on doing on the channel. Because uh, the the problem with it is that uh, the missions uh, start to get longer and longer. Even and, now, they're pretty long. I mean, uh, most of the missions take 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, at least the way I play. I'm, I'm pretty methodical. You haven't gotten to the bosses yet. No, I haven't. I it, just finished, I think it's mission three, where you have to hold the gate on the town, and you get the tank, and you blow up the other tank, and then you win the mission. I just finished that mission. Yeah, there's um, some very, very long missions. But let's see, I, I'm I'm trying to remember the character name. Uh, there's There's this very, very flamboyant Ooh, <laughs> person that you get. that. Uh, uh, I... I Oh, here he is, Jan Walker, J A N N Walker. He's a lancer and he's extremely flamboyant, and he's uh, in every single mission I do. <laughs> nice. And all the different characters are have their different uh, voices, uh, and all of them have different likes and dislikes, and uh, this impacts how well they perform because they'll be per- a person that's more attuned to nature, so. And a mission that's out in the countryside, they perform better than uh, urban uh, missions. Uh, there's a lot of depth to this game that you wouldn't think of at, uh, offhand. Nice. I'm still basically in the tutorial, yeah. I think, because, you know, they taught me how to use the tank. And, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I kind so. of uh, I hit the first boss, in, or I should say the first real boss, because if I recall correctly, there's a, a, a like a mini boss that you would meet before this. And there's a couple... Of the longer missions where it well i don't want to spoil too much but it it takes a while to get through them yeah uh, and it's more of almost survival uh, uh, nearly uh, but the first real boss i hit i did the boss and then there was another phase i wasn't counting on and i and i'd already spent quite a while getting that boss down and so i just set it down and i never picked it back up it's something I really should uh, do, actually, is uh, get right. back to it. Yeah, I probably won't put out any content for this, because I, I do like to keep games to myself sometimes, and I really enjoy this, and I would hate having to record it and get stuff ready and put it out. I think it would kill the enjoyment for me for this one. So I'm going to keep this one just for me and just play I, it through. I will say that some people uh, don't like the uh, kind of the border that they have around everything, uh, and there are mods to disable that. The border? Yeah, whenever you're uh, uh, in a uh, uh, game, the sort of the uh, white border around uh, the edge. Oh, that doesn't bother me. I it's it doesn't bother me. I don't care. It's an artistic choice, though. It, it, it is. I, I will and say I, that it looks like very it. good. Uh, Beautiful game. But okay, well, the last game I played this week was one that you played last week, yeah. Celestial Command. 
Yeah, I've um, had a couple people playing this. Uh, you and Kyle played it. Kyle had the same issues I did. <laughs> I have not had any of those issues. The only issues I have had is the game has crashed on me twice um, in the span of four hours, which does not make me happy because it's got you can't F5 or anything like that. It's got a really convoluted and stupid save system because it's both, like because the single player server thing. Stupid. Yeah, essentially but, single player, you're still running a multiplayer server. You're just uh, by yourself. Right. But, uh, I mean, I like it. I haven't had any sort of performance problems or anything. I haven't had any crazy weird glitches. Um, but it's it, it needs work. It needs polish. I mean, I've enjoyed my time in it. I went back to it. So I played like an hour, like just kind of getting the, the gist of it down because there's no tutorial or anything. And. I didn't go look it up online. I kind of wanted to learn it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent about an hour learning how things work. And then I spent the next couple of hours playing around in, um, uh, what's it called? Dev mode or uh, sandbox. No, sandbox mode. Sandbox mode. I will so, say that if you've played KSP, you should be able to jump into this. Well, uh, um, not counting the, uh, the strangeness of uh, the game itself, but you know, the basic mechanics fairly easily, actually. It's got really simplified orbital mechanics. If you've ever yeah, played KSP. Yeah, that's why, that's why I called it a sort of a, a step between simple rockets and KSP is that there is more complexity there, uh, especially on the ship side of things and the life support. Yeah. But it's essentially simple rockets uh, on the uh, orbital side of things. Right. But so I spent a couple hours in uh, sandbox mode, just playing around, learning the other specific mechanics. Because there's a few oddities about mining and building things that of I didn't course realize. You'd be mining. Um, and combat's kind of stupid. I don't like combat. I just try to. Avoid I never it. reached combat. Uh, what's it like? Um, it's pretty much impossible to do on your own. You can you have to build turrets and things, and you can either control the turrets. But they will shoot wherever you tell them to. So you might accidentally blow parts of your ship off and things like that. So I just leave it set on automatic. But even then, a little teeny tiny ship is difficult to hit. And they will tear apart your big capital ships or your big production ships. So They'll literally tear them in in half. And then half of your ship won't work. Well, probably none of your ship will work because everything is, you know, interconnected. And then it's like, well, shit. So, so it's the Death Star problem. It's a, a, a capital ship going against a capital ship. You know, not that big an issue. But trying to hit a little fighter, eh. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, and there's no... I mean, you can't really control your ship because it's all based on orbiting. So, you know, whenever you fly around, you might, you know, close some distance or whatever, but you just fucked up your orbit and who knows what you're going to crash into. So combat kind of sucks. Um, if you had like little attack drones that you could send out or something like that, um, or better ways to control your weapons, it would be okay. I'm surprised that there's nothing like that because there, I do know that there's construction drones. There are, but there's no attack drones yet. Yeah. Yet. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be any or not, but, uh, but so that last hour I spent, what I did was I created a ship in sandbox to be like my base of operations because mm-hmm. trying to start out any other way in that game is really frustrating and your crew's probably going to die. So I created a, a base of operations ship that had everything that I needed to sustain a crew of three. Um, and then I built a small mining ship and docked it to my, my main ship. And then I just started 
going around collecting resources and working on building stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, trying to start off with the bonding ship, you're given, I think, uh, 15 minutes of life support. Which is not it, enough. It's 15 or 30, but yeah, not nearly enough. And you don't really have a way to get more life support right off the bat. Yeah, you have to dock and buy some, which you, you might don't have run out to, of life support yeah, you don't, before. And you don't have anything to uh, sell, I don't think. Well, you start with 500 credits, which is enough to buy like an hour's worth of life support. But even then, that might not be enough, you know, depending yeah. on what your orbits are and how long it takes you to catch up. And, and all also that jazz. how the the solar system generates. That's true. You because might it's not a procedural get generation. Or the ships might crash into asteroids or planets or whatever, or get killed by pirates. Or whenever so. you dock, the station may just throw you into the fucking sun. That hasn't happened to me yet. I've docked a few times. That hasn't happened. I will but, say that uh, uh, docking is a bit harder than KSP. They're not, they don't have the margin of error that KSP has with the magnets. Really? I found it easier. Because uh, you only have to worry about uh, a single plane. Well, it wasn't so much uh, the the lack of a third plane. It was just that I had to be more precise. And, uh, the, well, the station was already starting to turn. So maybe it's just, uh, you know, I was dealing with uh, the station uh, doing weird things to begin with. This was the station that threw me in the sun, by the way. Right. So maybe, you know, that was the premonition of, you don't want any of this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Back off. Back Okay, then. But, yeah, it was, wasn't was so bad. wasn't so bad. I did it. There are some really frustrating things, and this might be, I don't know if this is the game itself um, being, it doesn't give you enough information to create the orbits that you want. You just have to guess and brute force everything. Yeah, there's uh, no such thing as a maneuver note or anything in this. No, and yeah, I which, actually, which that's why I said that you know, you really need to have either some time with simple rockets or KSP to understand the overall mechanics because uh, they, they give you enough delta v uh, and enough leadway that you could kind of brute force ways, but you need to be able to hit the transfers pretty decently on your own without uh, you know any outside help. Yeah, and at least on I, I don't know if it changes or you know, every time it reloads or what, but so far every time you can't get very large orbits or very high altitude orbits around at least the starting planet. Cause my th thought is, well, okay, all of the space stations are in close, at least every time I've played. And uh, the that's asteroid not belt, always true. And well, and then the asteroid belt seems to be roughly the same distance away. I mean, they have differing orbits, but my thought was, okay, I'll just go outside of all of this stuff, establish a high orbit, and then work from there. And I got to where I wanted to be, and then my line turned yellow. And I'm like, well, shit, because that means that you're headed, you're, or you're leaving um, yeah, the and heading influence. to orbit the sun. Yeah. So, uh, well, the other option is always trying to go to a low orbit. Yeah, but then I'm worried about accidentally crashing into the planet, especially yeah. if there's any physics issues. If there's physics issues and I'm out there, I can take some time to fix it. But if I'm in a close orbit, I'll just crash. Yeah, you can see where they're having the same problems that KSP did whenever it started off, is that it's having the rounding issues that it had. It has the, well, at least for me and Kyle, it has the Phantom Force issues where uh, the Unity objects are interacting uh, with each other just enough that it builds up more and more force until it slings you into the fucking sun. Yeah. My suggestion to anyone who wants to buy this, because I had a couple of people ask me, 
Um, you know, if you're okay with handling that stuff, and if you played Kerbal particularly in the really early alpha days, like the the low two, what was it, two point four, two point two, whatever. I the would low... say this uh, right now is the equivalent of the early teens for uh, Kerbal Space Program's uh, version numbers. I feel like it's a little bit more solid than that, but that could just be anecdotal based on well, the well, lack of issues I've had. Well, remember, I've had stations dropping out of orbits without yeah. me interacting with them. There's something well, seriously wrong with the rounding uh, numbers there. Yeah, I just I haven't had any of that happen. I've yet. actually had stations correct their orbit to avoid me. Yeah, the, the, yeah, they will do debris. that. Which that that is cool. But the thing is that I've had a station completely drop out of orbit without it trying to without any. Uh, attempt to save itself yeah um but anyway so if you want to buy that if you can handle the you know the the issues that plagued the early days of kerbal there's a really solid game underneath all of that there's a really good base for a game um and i'm gonna keep playing it and checking in as it goes through development but i mean really if you're looking for the same sort of thing i am building spaceships and harvesting asteroids it's probably there, good enough for you. Um, and it's cheap enough that, you know, if you've got curiosity, I would say it's worth a look. And if you don't like it, just refund it. It's a pretty solid game. I'm looking forward to its development. Yeah, I'm I'm going to look at it again once it leaves uh, uh, its alpha stages and goes into a beta stage. Yeah. Because right now it's just, it's not there enough for me. And I don't want to have it sitting there well particularly buying it during a sale where i'd already pleaded uh well over half my wallet for gifts yeah and, i mean i paid full the thing price is, for it well but... the thing is that me refunding this opened up me getting life is strange and if my heart had wings for next month's uh game club so uh, i think that was the better move yeah i mean i but yeah but speaking I of full uh, price go vote it, now it like 10 bucks yeah go vote we're uh we checked it and it's five for Life is Strange, four for If My Heart Had Wings, and two for Katawa Shoujo. So yeah, the uh, still the pretty close. The voting is a lot closer than I thought it would be, and this excites me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we spent a lot longer on games than I thought that we would. Um. So here's to hoping that our news topics are a little bit short. Uh, people like when we go five hours long. They do, but I don't always like to go that long. Just our nice three-hour mark. That's good. Perfect. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's our first news topic? Let me go look at the list. Uh, Steam NVIDIA. Beta. Oh, yep. Steam Beta adds Xbox controller support. We kind of talked about this yeah, a kinda. little bit when uh, we were discussing the Steam Link. Um, it basically brings the flexibility that they already added to, uh, well, they, that the Steam controller has natively and then brought to the uh, DualShock 4 controller, which, uh, like I said, I turned it off just because it pissed me off. (laughs) That's the sad thing, is that there's a lot of flexibility there, but the fact that they hog the home button or the PS button, uh, the same button that turns the damn thing on, pissed me off to the degree that I went back to DualShock for Windows. Yeah. I'm going to try out the the Xbox One controller. I mean, I know that I recently swapped over to the steam controller for most of my games but well, well what i just want to see how it works what this is more for uh, isn't for games like sonic and uh, Valkyrie chronicles that 
have native controller support. It's for the games that don't work well with controllers. Right, which would be nice because especially a lot of older games like Oblivion, it says it has partial controller support. It's a lie. It doesn't. I've never been able to get controller work to work with Oblivion. Or games that just were unable to do controllers like uh, the original Binding of Isaac. Yeah. It was a Flash-based game and the and Flash, at least at the time, I'm not sure if they changed it, uh, couldn't do controllers. So the uh, the end game said, use Joy to Key if you wish to use a controller. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's a good thing. I always think giving people more options is good, and it's nice to see Steam supporting everything, basically. Um, yeah, well, uh, I've, so, I've seen a lot of people uh, saying that they don't understand why Steam is supporting con- competitors, because you would think that Steam would want to push their own controller uh, a lot more. But the thing is that the Steam controller is a very niche product. It is. It, it, um, it's, it's a weirdo. It, it, it's... It's the controller equivalent of Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Plus, having more support for more input devices it just widens the net of people who might purchase games. Yeah, that's to what play. I was about to say is that it uh, Steam is looking at this as a loss leader. They're trying to bring people in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the sales are on the Steam controller and the Steam Link. Uh, well, but... the Steam controller was in the top 100. That's true. So it had, I mean, the Steam controller would have had good sales. Um, don't know about the Steam link, but I mean, you know, Steam is a, uh, I mean, Steam is basically Walmart. In, uh, in, you yeah, know. that's actually a good way to put it just because of how uh, Steam handles uh, adult games. Yeah. I mean, Steam is basically Walmart and Walmart, yeah, they've got their own branded products that, you know, are, well, in Walmart's case, they're cheaper, but you know. They want to carry all of the brands that people want to buy so that they will come in and buy them from Walmart instead of going to another store or, you know, buying them, you know, basically anywhere else. And so Steam increasing the support bumps up the the potential customer base even more. They just want to sell you stuff. They don't care what they sell you. They just want to sell you stuff. Yeah, they want those sales and uh, bringing in more and more people is the more important thing, the volume of people. And yeah. that's what this is about, is to just bring in more people. Bring in uh, people that uh, have a uh, Xbox controller and, you know, they want to play a, you know, the, a game that doesn't quite work all that well. Well, now you can uh, toy around with it. And the fact that the controllers, uh, well, uh, if this is anything like the DualShock, which I imagine it is, uh, that you'll eventually, once it gets populated a bit more, have... Uh, users uh, created profiles as well, so you could swap uh, profiles pretty easily. Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, well, uh, quite the thing for the uh, for support of uh, non controller uh, supported games. Yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah, I, I wish that the uh, that the customization was a little bit better. Uh, I mentioned before, I like adding just a hint more Dead Zone to my DualShock controller. And the Steam uh, version of uh, DualShock from Windows doesn't allow me to alter the Dead Zones at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's something I would like to see added. Uh, granted, that is a more of an enthusiast level thing. Uh, I would uh, I would think that would be more enthusiast level. And s- allow me to modify what button loads up big picture mode because that just pisses me off yeah turning on the controller i should not have to then go and turn 
off big picture mode because it loaded up big picture mode because it saw uh, the PlayStation button was held down. It It's annoying. Yeah. But I do love the customization of it and the fact that it has the option to split the uh, touch screen into two or the touchpad into two. So you could have essentially uh, two, well, like the, uh, uh, place, or not the PlayStation, like the Steam controller has the two touchpads. Yeah. Which adds a lot of possibilities for it. Uh, right now, DualShock for Windows only really has one option for it, uh, uh, for the touchpad. Maybe they'll eventually have it where it could split, but I'd be actually really, really surprised that they could do that. Yeah. Uh, with the, well, uh, do that on at least the free version because there's a successor to DualShock for Windows, which is uh, has a paid option into it. And uh, honestly, DualShock for Windows is fine with me. It's uh, uh, does what I need it to do. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to our next topic then. Speed through these and get to the next big one, which will probably round out the show. I'm actually going to bump Tracer up before the Steam Awards, so oh, she's guaranteed to get in there. Well, um, I, well, I really want to talk about the Steam Awards, so I think we're going long today. Yeah. Well, before we get there, I'll have to take a bathroom break at some point, but uh, I'm take fine a bathroom for break, now. Go watch Troops. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Nvidia announces GeForce Now streaming service. Yeah this this is a head scratcher for me. Uh, not okay. the fact that they're doing this, but the fact of how they're doing this. Uh. uh if you've ever, have you ever heard of OnLive? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. This is kind of OnLive, but in a very, very stupid business model. What this is, is it's a metered service, meaning that you pay in and you get a certain number of hours. It's not, yeah. a, it's not an all you could eat per month. And that's, uh, it's one of those things that it makes me wonder who this is for. What this is, is, well, we should say what the, uh, what the GeForce Now service is. It allows you to essentially stream from one of their top end, uh, uh, graphics cards, uh, either the, uh, GTX 1060 or the 1080. And each one has a different pricing model as well. Uh, and it is on the cheaper side of things, but at the, uh, well, they have an, they have different, Tears of service here, which uh, is also a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, uh, you pay in. Uh, now I'm trying to find the uh, pricing on this because it's it's twenty five dollars for twenty five hundred yeah. credits, which is twenty one hours of gameplay on the T sixty or the GTX ten sixty. Yeah, and ten and a half on the ten eighty. Yeah, according I was, to this yeah, I was wanting to, yeah, I was wanting to find it on the article itself, which that's actually not a lot of hours for someone that cares enough about the graphics to want to uh, have this high end of uh, streaming. Uh, I think we could agree on that, right? Yeah, no, this is not enough hours. I mean... And also, uh, the fact that on top of that, you have to either pay an additional $8 a month to get you unlimited access to a, uh, a library of PC games, or you bring your own. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, what's the point of bringing your own? Like, okay, so my problem with these cloud services, well, besides the fact that the internet in the United States and a lot yeah, of other countries yeah, is not well, well, powerful enough to handle them. 
yeah, we're going to have the same. We're well, we're going to have even more issues than what we had with the Steam Link and Reboter uh, with this, just because this is guaranteed to be a third server, a third party server, and we have no idea where the fuck the server would be. Right. So, anyways, the, that's my first problem. My second problem is the type of services that, or the type of people that this service would appeal to most. Again, are the type of people who won't use it because they have all of their own equipment. Well, because people who don't play games all that much are not going to want to spend that much money on it. Yeah, when I'm, they can play mobile games for free or you know free games on Facebook or whatever. So yeah, when I saw this, I immediately thought, okay, this isn't for the enthusiast level. This is uh, going to be for you know someone that wants to dive in and play a little bit of uh, uh, games every so often. But then I saw the pricing on it, and it was a. Uh, you said it was twenty five, so I was expecting it to be at, yeah a fifteen, which I think that was was on live. So it was fifteen a month for unlimited access to. I think it was like a hundred fifty or two hundred games. Yeah, it was whatever their their library was. Uh, it wasn't their complete library, but it was most of it, and it uh, was a lot more current than what they're offering with their eight dollars extra a month on this service. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw okay. $25 for 21 hours. That's not a lot. And someone that is going to play only 21 hours a month, uh, yeah, they're not going to be getting into this. And then uh, the performance issues kicks in because uh, I was looking at their specs and they require a 25 uh, uh, megabit per uh, second download speed. Okay, so... Uh, well, this was the minimum. So I did some uh, comparison with YouTube because that's the... Uh, the best metric I could do. That's equivalent of a 1440 60 uh, FPS uh, stream from YouTube. That sounds really good, doesn't it? But you also have to remember, YouTube compresses the ever-living fuck out of their videos. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about how the compression's going to be working on this. And the fact that they're trying to use this to show off the power of their high-end graphics cards. I'm, I'm balking on seeing who this is for. So the best country in the world for average internet speed is South Korea. Yeah, I was, I was and their say, average uh, internet I, speed I'm pretty sure is... it was either uh, Korea or... Uh, uh, Japan, I think, is also up there. Japan is number... What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So South Korea is number one, and I understand that this is an average. There's a lot of stuff above it that makes it, but there's also yeah, but a lot of stuff below Korea. it. <laughs> but South Korea's average connection speed is only 20.5 megabits per second. Yeah, but also remember, you know, uh, someone with a low internet speed brings that uh, average way, way down. Wow, I'm surprised the U.S.'s average is 12.6. That's high for what I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, just do a quick speed test. Granted, it's going to be impacted a little bit just by uh, voice chat, but eh. Uh, I'm running uh, 50, right at 50 right now. That's not too shabby. Speed. About Checking mine. 50 and 53, so. So, yeah, way over average. <laughs> Well, if it'll load, load speed test. So yeah, that we would be okay with this service, but the thing is that the average person wouldn't, and it really, really depends on where they put these servers. 
I imagine that they would have it around the uh, metropolitan areas, you know, uh, New York, San Francisco, uh, probably uh, a couple of uh, the Midwest, maybe Texas or Colorado. Uh, but uh, people that live in the in-between spaces are you know, not going to be using this service. Yeah. So my download speed right and now is, is 60.8 megabits. And and that was the problem with OnLive is that, uh, well, there was a lot of problems with OnLive actually, but uh, I don't think they're going to uh, be able to do much with the service. But the thing is that they could use this, uh, well, I use the term loss leader for Steam. This could be a loss leader for them to try to bring in more people or have more brand awareness. They don't I just have think it's to, too expensive. They don't have to make this be a profitable enterprise for them. If it was $8 a month, the whole thing, because the $8 a month thing is only on the Shield tablet. Yeah. And, but for uh, yeah. $8 a month, I think that would be okay. Like on a PC, you know, that would be fine. That's really inexpensive. Heck, I might use it as like a demo service, $8 a month to try out games that yeah, well, know, I might want to well, buy. Well, here's the thing is that that's what happened to OnLive was that people were using it as a demo service because they would have the free, I think it was hour or two hour of their uh, of uh, stream. I think it really depended on the game, actually, now that I think about it. It's been a while since OnLive has been alive, but uh, they would allow you to try out a game to see how it is uh, before you bought it from them. Yeah, or, or bought the license from because you never actually downloaded the game you're uh, streaming it from their servers, and uh, a lot of people were using it as a, a demo service, and for that this would work great if it wasn't so expensive. Yeah, yeah. So, I eventually this will be a thing. Yeah, eventually, yeah, technology this, will get there. Yeah, but we're not there yet. Yeah, this is the future of uh, gaming, or at least. Uh, an option for gaming. I don't think this is going to completely take care of things, uh, particularly just because hard drive space is getting so cheap. You know, you could just download the massive games, but uh, the, the fact that this is a metered service, that's what kills it for me. Yeah. If this was all you could eat per month, uh, it'd be great. Oh, oh, not at that price point, but it's still a bit expensive for the price point, but, uh, but, uh, well, just shy of 21 hours on a 1080 or, or uh, 10 hours on a, well, oh, sorry, I went to. You got uh, it backwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, I went to another article and they have it worded oddly. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's just so weird how they have this set up. I don't know what they're thinking on this. Yeah. Maybe this is, yeah, you know, them trying it, uh, you know floating the possible business model and they'll uh, change it later on. Yeah. One day we'll be there. And I mean, one day I'd be happy to have it. You know, it just has to be affordable and the performance has to be there. Yeah, and I really think this is them trying to uh, use this as a demo service to show off the power of the 1080 because... Uh, that is their flagship uh, video card right now, if I recall, cor- recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to m- make sure, you know. And, uh, and this is a good way to demo it, but the thing is that you're going to be fighting the compression thing, and uh, YouTube is having a lot of problems with video games right now because there's just so much detail in them. Uh, 
the big one that I've seen lately is uh, Farca Apramo. There's just so much foliage and everything that it, even on really high bit rates, yeah. it just turns into a pixelated mess. There's just too much information. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of catching up to do in technology. I think video games are now outstripping. Like, video game performance has outstripped internet performance. Mm -hmm. Like, they've both grown over the years. But, I mean, video games have grown in leaps and bounds. And, I mean, it was difficult, but a few years ago, you know, you could get gigabit from places. Before that, I mean, you could get high-speed internet in the 90s. It wasn't, like, amazing, but, you know, compared to dial-up, it was... It was the shit. Yeah, the the thing is that, oh, at least uh, in a lot of cities I've seen, uh, there the monopolies that the telecoms have have been fighting tooth and nail to try to keep uh, services like Google Fiber out of them, because they know that as soon as there's a second option, they have to improve their service. And right now. That they could just literally laugh at you on the phone because there's nothing you could do. If suddenly, yeah. uh, uh, you know, cuts me off, I have to move. Yeah. If you want, if you want internet, that is. Yeah. That's one of the problems that we've had because we're talking about moving in the next six, eight months. That's one of the problems we've had because I'm like, I will not go anywhere that I can't get good internet. Uh, should I prep Kyle then? <laughs> Maybe. His internet kind of sucks though, so. Yeah, but at least he'll be around for a uh, couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, we're... It's made it difficult. If we could move to Chattanooga... Houses are really expensive Chattanooga, but if we can move there, they have uh, municipal fiber, which is really cheap. A gigabit connection is cheaper than the internet that we have right now. Well, could you make sure to get a place with a basement that has a room that I could go into? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Just move right in. Um, What's but, that strange noise coming from the basement? <laughs> oh, that's just rage. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just uh, don't wake him up. <laughs> don't wake him up and he won't wake you up. <laughs> All right. Let us move on from this to our now next news topic. Which is Tracer is confirmed gay. Now I know that this happened. Well, why shouldn't she be happy? Now? <laughs> yeah, I know this happened like three weeks ago now or something like that. But I still think it's really important that we talk about it, which yeah, is kind well, of ironic because it shouldn't be a big deal. But yeah, it yeah, is. My, yeah. My big thing is yeah, and so what? Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, well, everything I saw newswise on it, outside of the initial, oh, oh my god, Tracer's gay is. Why aren't more gamers pissed off about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, saw... I mean, really, that's what I saw was people trying to stir up a, a bullshit because there was a bullshit being stirred up. Because I, I like to think that a lot of gamers are more progressive in their thinking. Yeah, I mean, most gamers or, or, are younger people. Yeah, I mean, not all, but the demographic is between you know. Yeah, the average like gamer 30s is still and below. The, yeah, the average gamer is still, I think, in the ballpark of the thirty uh, mid low to mid thirties. So, yeah, which most people in that age range and younger are very progressive. Like, who cares if you're gay? Just live your life and be happy, and you know, whatever. It doesn't and matter. Honestly, it's not a big uh, deal. Uh, 
the uh, news articles being surprised and uh, trying to stir up shit. Um, did they see some of the fan art that uh, involves Tracer? <laughs> yeah. Particularly after uh, the whole hoopla over Tracer's ass? I yeah. mean, really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see it. I'm glad. We need way more gay... I mean, we need way more LGBT people or characters in our games anyways. We need them everywhere. And they're starting to come out a lot more in TV and movies, uh, particularly TV. I feel like they're leading the way in that in terms of media. Um, so... Well, I think the reason why we don't really see it in gaming as much is that there's this still stigma about gaming is that it's still considered a toy by the older generations. Right. And uh, while it does have the protection of uh, being an art style in the United States, uh, I've watched a video very recently talking about the uh, the censorship in Germany about video games and how they're talking about how video games aren't art there. And so they have these really crazy <laughs> uh, amount of censorship, you know, uh, uh, turning people into robots because shooting a robot is more accessible than, or more acceptable than uh, shooting a person. Right. So uh, it's, we're on the way there. It's just the fact that because there's that stigma, and, and it's actually kind of Nintendo's fault because they, when they remarketed or when they ta- uh, uh, kind of revived the video game uh, industry in the United States, they talked about video games being a toy, right? Instead of a, a marketed as a art toy form. to kid, yeah, to kids, and yeah, and that uh, idea stuck and has never really gone away. And when in the nineties there was the big fight between Nintendo and Sega versus the U.S. government because of how video games were getting more and more realistic. Which, looking back at Mortal Kombat and thinking. My God, this is uh, so photorealistic. It's kind of laughable now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But, you know, that's just a testament to how far we've come in so short a time. But seeing Nintendo and Sega, well, actually Nintendo throwing Sega on the bus, under the bus and saying, we don't do this. We're marketing to kids uh, and our uh, video games are a lot less violent because of it. Still reinforce the idea that this is a toy for kids. So right. now... Uh, well, 20 years later, we're still fighting off that image while Nintendo uh, stays in uh, their uh, little uh, Nintendo land. Yeah. I mean, they're becoming much more accepted, and that's just the nature of the people who used to play them as kids now still play them as adults, and it's yeah. becoming, you know, mainstream and a more adult entertainment medium. I mean, there have been... a I mean, sex games have always existed, particularly in Japan, but sex games are getting more and more popular in, you know, the United States and Europe and things like that. So yeah, well, what's they're becoming really a lot more sophisticated. Well, what's really keeping them from uh, taking off is the Walmart effect, where Walmart and uh, by proxy, uh, well, our comparison, Steam, uh, is very limiting on what games uh, could show. Right, so, because... Uh, but, and I know, actually kind of uh, just... Com- and uh, kind of crazy with their restrictions as well, because they'll allow full nudity in The Witcher, but then a visual novel, they have to censor. Yeah. It's completely arbitrary. Yeah. But, 
I, I to some extent I do get that because kids have access to this stuff and all of the safeguards in the world will not keep a kid from seeing some boobies or some butts or some dicks when they want to. We've all been kids, especially kids who grew up in, in the 90s and stuff who had the internet more rapidly. Like, I mean, I was all I was like, yes, I am 18. <laughs> I want to see them boobies. So, you know, that's not really a, a preventative measure. And I, I do yeah, understand that. The real preventative measure is the parents. And no, I'm not talking about filter, filtering software. I'm talking about talking to your kids about this yeah. stuff. Talk to your kids about this and, stuff. And Let them know honestly, that they're not uh, alone. And, and interest in the human body is not a bad thing. No. Just be honest with kids. Don't we're I know that we're gonna have problems with King's teachers when it goes to school because we've decided we're not gonna be like, Oh yeah, that's your private place. We don't talk about that. We're gonna be like, Nope, that's your penis, kid. You Isn't pee it out of it. Nice and to we... have a penis. <laughs> you it pee out of nice it to have a slung. And when you get when you get older, you <laughs> uh, put it what, in places that make you, it feel good. What you didn't? Uh, I'm surprised you don't know the penis song. I do know it. I just wasn't <laughs> expecting it. I don't know why I wasn't. I just wasn't. But you know, we've decided we're not going to call it. You know, whatever. It's like that's your penis, kid. Yeah. And I know that he's going to get in trouble at school because he's going to tell some kid that it's a penis, and then the teachers going to be like, "You don't say that." And then I'm going to have to go yell at a principal or something. Actually, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I want to go yell at a principal. Uh, did you teach him to use the word cock? Not yet. <laughs> I like the word cock, though. It's a good word. I like British words for the penis more than American words for the penis. Like, they use cock instead of dick mostly, and they say bell end. Like, does he, the English language, or does American English even have a word for the head of your dick other than the head of your dick? Mm. It's, Never really in, thought about it. In the UK, it's your bell end. I like it. I had a. In more than that- one way. Uh, uh, back in my wow days, uh, she needed me to log on to her account to, uh, uh, do something for her daily quest. One day she was sick. So she sent me her password. Uh, and I absolutely hate logging into other people's accounts. So I made her, uh, uh, change her password because I don't like knowing other people's credentials in case something happens. Right. Uh, and, uh, well, she had to change it afterwards because she was embarrassed by the password, but she wasn't able to change it. And it was, uh, Dob Gobbler. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it nice. was Dob Gobbler in a series of numbers. <laughs> I'm going to use that as a password now for something. <laughs> well, hopefully not a thing unimportant. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but I'm not ashamed of anything. If I needed to tell yeah, somebody yeah, my tr- password. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, I'd be like, hey, my but, password's Knob Gobbler. And then those uh, people would be but, ashamed. But here's the thing is I was talking to her, uh, uh just a, uh, a year or two ago and she was uh, talking uh, and we were talking and she was trying to remember her password. And I said, have you tried knob gobbler? And she stopped <laughs> and I said, what? You remember that? It's <laughs> like, how, how could you fr- forget it? Yeah. That, that was exactly what I said. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about tracer being gay? Uh, more. Um, it's, well, based on the fan art, not a surprise, but honestly, the people there are surprised that there's no outrage about it. Rule 34. Indeed. Indeed. And if you've paid attention, it's not exactly a surprise to a lot of fans. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I think it was kind of expected. Yeah. There's a lot of questioning about it, but now it's confirmed. And also, it is confirmed gay, by the way. There was... uh. 
Yeah, there a was little, a, a little back and forth. Uh, is she bi? Is she? Uh, does she have the gay? But Blizzard confirmed that she is only interested in the lady bits. So, there you go. Alrighty, uh, it's time for that bathroom break I mentioned. Alright. So I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then when we come back, we will talk about the Steam Awards. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So we're back from our bathroom breaks, and we're here to talk about the Steam Awards. So the main thing that brought this up to me... Um, is I got to like looking at them and thinking about them. Yeah, this was and, uh, all you, by the way. Yeah, I don't agree with several of these awards. Well, and here's so, well, here's the problem. This was a uh, community choice. This wasn't uh, you know Steam deciding. Yes. Now some of them so, I disagree with, just from a personal standpoint. But some of them really don't make sense, even like as a community thing. And this could be difference in personality. It could be. The hive mind decided they wanted something to happen, and so it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or it could be that I'm a little bit out of touch with the more kind of well, the know, general uh, the, gamer. The farm animal one, uh, I have a bit of a, a bone to pick to begin with, with one of the games. Yeah. Or did you uh, see that uh, thing going around? I can't remember if I put in the uh, links or not, and don't, does it really matter? But I don't we're getting ahead it. of ourselves. These are in uh, the same order for us, right? Uh, Villa must in need of a hug. Uh, I, I the, think so. I thought the game was cool before it won an award. Yeah. I think that it goes in the order which they were put up to vote. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, Villain most in need of a hug, went to Portal 2. And, this well, the, one well, the, I well, kind of should say get... what the nominees are first. Okay. The other nominees were Borderlands 2, uh, Dead by Daylight, Far Cry 4, and Far Cry 3. Which, honestly, I don't like the fact that they put two installments of the same franchise in. Yeah, and Pagan Man and what was the guy's bad guy's name in Far Cry 3? Honestly, I have no idea because... They're the I, same I, bad I, I guy. Know, I know the uh, the bad guy in Far Cry 3 dies halfway through and is replaced by another one that's not nearly as memorable. Yeah. Spoilers, by but. the way. But then again... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, I don't. I mean, I don't think that either of them makes sense. Anyways, because they're crazy. The hugging them wouldn't make anything any difference. I haven't played Dead by Daylight, so I don't know. Porterlands Two, I get. And Porterlands Two, Portal Two, I get. I actually voted for Borderlands Two because I thought that um, Handsome Jack really needed a hug. Oh well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, you haven't uh, played the single player of Portal Two yet. No, uh, but I know so, the gist of the story. Well, I've seen it. Well, well the, heard it. the very end of the story, uh, the uh, right before the uh, the Jonathan Colton song, that is the scene that I would say cinches it for this award for me. And this is actually the one I uh, voted for. Right. So it's that one scene, which I don't want to say any more about just because it does kind of ruin it. But then again, you know, Portal 2, it's already kind of pre-ruined anyway. Yeah. So, so I, I, mean, like I, could, I, said, I understand I this one. I could see Borderlands 2, but uh, Handsome Jack is a jackass and he revels in it. So I don't think uh, giving him a hug would change anything. And I don't know Dead by Daylight. So, Well, he's not that way in the pre-sequel. And I guess that's what I'm doing is I'm bringing that Jack forward well, well, into here's Borderlands the thing, 2. Is that I haven't played the pre-sequel and 
because it's not the pre-sequel in this, I'm uh, looking at Borderlands 2 as its own uh, thing. Yeah. No, that's fair. And that's fair. if you and if you go by the order that they released, then, you know, the pre-sequel wouldn't factor into this. But, you know, if you go by chronological order, it does. And, you know, it's kind of... Uh, yeah. So I, I could I could understand your reasoning for Borderlands 2, but uh, by the time Borderlands 2 came around, he was too far gone. If And I don't think he was the villain in the pre-sequel, or he was... Uh, well, that's the thing. Can you view Handsome Jack as, the, as a villain in the pre-sequel? No, but that does carry forward into his character in Borderlands 2. What happens to him shapes him for Borderlands 2, or where maybe he is I was the just, villain. Maybe I was just looking at this as, you know, Borderlands 2 uh, as its own thing, and I don't know the story of the pre-sequel, mostly because I couldn't be bothered. Right. Um, okay, but, so I thought the game was cool? I thought the game was cool before it won an award. Euro Truck Simulator 2, the other that was the winner. Mm-hmm. The other nominees are Starbound, Stardew Valley, Unturned, and Paladins. I so, disagree with all of these because I would think that this would be more for a more uh, underground hit. And honestly, uh, a couple of these are niche titles, but I do all of these. Yeah, I think I'm okay with Euro Truck Simulator 2. Actually, yeah. I would be more okay if it was the first Euro Truck Simulator. Um, Out of the nominees, I would say, uh, even though it's the, probably the most popular one in the list, well, I don't know, maybe Paladin's uh, bumps it, but I would say Stardew Valley, just uh, because you know, uh, it's one of those games that uh, it's well known, but a lot of people kind of write off if they weren't a fan of Horace Moon back in the day. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I voted for Stardew Valley. Um, I understand Starbound, Stardew Valley. Euro Truck Simulator, eh. Um, I don't know much about Unturned. And uh, Paladins, I mean, it, Paladins is an Overwatch-like game. I don't know yeah. if that really... It's hard to say when a you know, a big game is emulating an even bigger game. Mm-hmm. But I do get yeah, the first yeah, two. I, 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 I can understand Euro Truck Simulator. Uh, uh, Starbound, uh, it's... Uh, it's had a rocky thing, uh, rocky uh, early access, and it, uh, it did eventually leave early access, if I recall correctly, or it's le- it's left early access. I just checked. Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure if actually now that I really think about it, I would say Starbound because it had such a negative reaction in early access, uh, and. It kind of just dropped off the map for a lot of people, including me. I, I completely put Starbound out of my mind, and it's improved more and more and more as it went through early access to its official release. That I thought was the game was cool before it won an award. I would say Starbound is actually the real winner here, or the one deserving, because it had such a negative reaction, and then it built itself back up to be what seems to be a pretty good release. Yeah, I could see that, and I would agree with that. Um, like I said, I voted for Stardew Valley, but I, I see your reasoning. I think I start, voted for Stardew Valley as well, but I didn't really think, sit down and think about Starbound uh, until just now. So out of those, I would say uh, uh, Starbound is uh, the one most deserving, just because of its rocky early access. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so let's get to the one that has uh, me uh, rather pissed off. The test of time. And, you know, I don't agree with this, actually. The winner was Skyrim. Uh, Oh, I Uh, don't... No, 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 no. I don't agree. Uh, It's not the fact that Skyrim won. I don't agree with most of the nominations, because the nominations are Team Fortress 2. Okay, that's a a fairly old game. That's 10 years old now. Civ 5, that's not a fucking old game. Skyrim is not that fucking old of a game. Terraria is not that fucking old. And Age of Empires 2 HD is a re-release of an old game. So the oldest game on this list, if you don't ignore the fact that this is, that Age of Empires 2 is a remake of an old game or a remastering of it or however you want to look at it, it's Team Fortress 2. And most of the games on here are under five years old. Yeah. I, that is not time, the test of time. Well, that's difficult. I disagree that Skyrim should have won. I think it should have went to Team Fortress 2 out of the list. Uh, yeah, simply um, because Team Fortress 2 is uh, still in the top five, I think, of most played Steam games after yeah. 10 years. But but internet time is different from real time. Like, things move And so is Valve Time. <laughs> yeah, but Valve Time works the other way. Internet time, you know, things evolve incredibly quickly on the internet, and five years is a long time online. So I kind of get some of the reasoning for some of these picks. Uh, I don't think remasters should be allowed, and honestly, that's the main reason that Skyrim doesn't do it for me. Because even though the game on the list is the the original or the, the non-remastered version, Skyrim got a remaster like two months ago. And yeah. I think that that fact is like, oh, this game didn't couldn't stand the test of time. You had to remaster it and re-release it. So I think that disqualifies Skyrim. Uh, want me to tell you my nomination for this uh, pick? Sure. Morrowind. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Granted, uh, the the only thing that doesn't stand the test of time is the, its combat system, but it's only really in the early game. Once you build up your skills, you know, the, uh, the fact that it's dice rolls behind the scene doesn't matter as much. Yeah. And the um, body scene uh, is still absolutely amazing for Morrowind. And I'd much rather want to see Morrowind on here than Skyrim. Or Oblivion. I would say Oblivion. Oblivion would have been a happy medium between the two. Yeah. I can't remember if I picked a game before they, you know, had all of the nominees. Um, I did not vote for Skyrim, though. I voted for Team Fortress 2. I voted for Team Fortress 2 as well. I could kind of see where they were going with civ- uh, with civilization. Not that it's an older game, but your civilization lasts the test of time. <laughs> nice. I like that. And Terraria, I I, I could kind of see, but at the same time, it's too old or too new of a game. I I still think this uh, should have been a, a lot older games. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing: is that you forget about uh, games really quickly because there's just so much coming out. So yeah, a game has to be really memorable to stick with you for a while. Yeah. Okay this this next category is the one that I disagree with the most. Oh yeah, like, the fact this was that the one the, that prompted me to have this discussion. Yeah, the fact that one of these uh, has literally just uh, five more minutes in it, or, or just one more turn. Just five more minutes, or you know, the concept of well, just one, you know, just this little bit more. Is I mean that's a thing that civilization uses to like that's their tagline just yeah. one more turn, and so okay so the winner for just five more minutes is CS:GO. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The other nominees uh, were Civ Six, Fallout Four, 
Terraria, and Rocket League. I can so, see Rocket League because I, the the matches are about five minutes long. And so, yeah, yeah. You, uh, going in for one more. Terraria is kind of a, a gray area for me just because it really depends on what you're doing. If you're in the middle of a project, I could understand yeah, just five more minutes. I'll just get this last section done. Or, you know, right. I'll just uh, explore this uh, last little area, but it's not a full thing. CSGO, I don't think any of its game modes last just five minutes. No. Um, I haven't played CS... I, I've played the older version of the Counter-Strike. I haven't played CSGO. But, um, I, I mean, got none to, of them uh, are entirely uninterested in uh, uh, the older uh, Counter-Strike, so I never bothered with CSGO. Five minutes is, is maybe half a match. Uh, if you've got, you know, one team just raping the other one um but none of their games are five minutes or less that i've ever played or seen so i mean what are you gonna do in five minutes open some stuff to try and go you know sell to a lottery Ah. oh oh, there there you go five more minutes Ah. i just need to buy some more keys all right all right i'll allow it because we're bashing it um fallout 4 (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm not actually Uh, fallout 4 i can Maybe C, depending on once again, it's the uh, like Terraria. Depends on what you're doing. If you're, uh, yeah, building your settlement or exploring a little area, I could see you know, well, I just need a few more minutes to do something, and then it, it yeah it goes off into something else and something else and something else, and yeah, and that, that's really what this award about is uh, not just five more minutes. It's the fact that uh, all those little things build up, and yeah, I and think you just C keep is going. Go- and CSGO doesn't do that for me because uh, the, you'll be very aware of how long these matches take and how lo- many you've done. Civilization, uh, you know, each turn is under a minute. Uh, well, until you get into the very late game, and then you have to start planning stuff a lot further. Rocket League, you know, uh, the matches are very quick. Terraria, I can understand the uh, same idea. Uh, Fallout 4, I could understand. CSGO is the oddball in this. CS4, or CSGO is the least, the game least worthy of this award on the nominations. Yeah, but the thing I is, mean, it's also the most popular of the yeah. games in this uh, list. Yeah. I mean, Civilization 6 is, I mean, that's got to be it. Like, in the real world, Civilization 6 wins, not in a weird popularity contest. Or any of the Civilization games, really. So... I just I was really frustrated by that by like oh, Civ Civilization didn't win a basically you know a just a little bit more just why one did, more why did they just call this the Civilization Award? <laughs> they should and then put all of the different Civ games up for it and see which one won. That yeah, would that, be an okay popularity contest. That would have been hilarious just watching uh uh r slash uh, Civilization debate yeah which one should win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't get, like, mad or anything, and I was just like, this is dumb. These awards are stupid. Okay, so next one is, whoa, dude. Yeah, so this... Uh, this one, I I really don't get the criteria of it. I was thinking more of a, a strange game than... Uh, well, here's the description of it. Some games melt your face. Some uh, make it... Uh, uh, maybe it's a crazy plot twist. Maybe uh, you got your wisdom teeth removed. Either way, this game blows your mind. Yeah. And the winner of this was Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. And the nominees were The Witcher 3, Bioshock Infinite, Doom, and 
Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Um, I don't. I voted for Doom, but I could see a good case made for Bioshock. Cause yeah, of the I think I lean towards Bioshock. Uh, but it, my problem with Bioshock Infinite, well, actually, I have a few problems with Bioshock Infinite. Is that they they could have done so much more with that mechanic and that story element, and they didn't. Yeah. It it felt after I sat down and thought about it. And maybe that's my problem is that I sat down and I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um, that they uh, never really uh, did much of it mechanic wise and story wise. It was more of just going to something else instead of uh, exploring the possibilities. Granted, they did do some more of that with the DLC, but. Uh, oh. Uh, it, it felt like a letdown to me, and uh, the fact that that's the uh, last Bioshock game. Yeah. Because they did confirm that that's going to be the final Bioshock, right? They did, but they might just turn around and undo that. Yeah, true. Um. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear Solid, the Phantom Pain was supposedly the least, like, mindfucky of the Metal Gear games. But also... as a wrap-up, it tied up a lot of stuff. And also, but, supposedly, uh, well, uh, supposedly there was a lot of content cut out of it because of the whole thing with uh, Kojima and Konami. So, uh, hashtag it, fuck Konami. <laughs> so that uh, probably uh, uh, screwed with how much they could have done with the story. Uh, Witcher Three, I don't have enough experience with, and Doom, yeah, I don't same. have enough experience with, and uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, here's the thing: is that. There's never, uh, well, I should say in the previous Grand Theft Auto, so maybe it changes here, but there's never been that whole whoa, dude, you know, huge plot twist moment uh, to me. To me, there's never been anything in Grand Theft Auto that really, like, blows your mind. Unless it's, like, the first time you play it. Like, the first time you play Grand Theft Auto, you're like, whoa, this is cool. I can go do all this stuff. Maybe. And I can kill people. But it's, like, the first, after that, it's just, like, whatever. Yeah, I'm you know? thinking back on my uh, history with Grand Theft Auto. I played a bit of Grand Theft Auto 3. I didn't uh, uh, beat the game. I got probably about a quarter of the way through. Then I played, uh, uh, and there was nothing really mind-blowing about it, outside of the fact that it was a 3D uh, uh, GTA, which at the time was you know, mind-blowing of itself. Uh, Vice City, I would say more the soundtrack than anything else. Uh, yeah. San Andreas, I would say probably the map itself because there was just uh, so much land but uh, when you really sit down and think about it later on it's yeah a lot of empty space right uh gta 4 hey cousin why don't we go bowling (laughs) it is your cousin (laughs) Uh, there's there's elements that uh, were kind of mind-blowing at the time Maybe the whole thing about uh, the GTA Online is what's going on here, but uh, that's also not really new because GTA 4 did that. Yeah. I'm just sitting here trying to think of uh, yeah, what's going on with that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. I might... There might be reasons that I don't understand because I mean, there's nothing wrong with GTA. I'm just not the biggest GTA fan. You know, every, I, I, I buy I them kinda, like five or six years after the fact and then yeah, play them. Yeah, about the same here. I'm um, probably do well. 
um, do on GTA Five, but the thing is that they won't drop the fucking price because uh, they uh, sell short cards like crazy, so they're not going to drop the price. Yeah. So I, GTA Five may be a game that I never play because I have no interest in playing uh, GTA Online. They they're not dropping the price, and the fact that there's so many horror stories about the support from Rockstar and them just banning people. Uh, yeah. For single player mods makes me leery of uh, even supporting them. Yeah. Granted, uh, of course, that yeah, that's all hearsay on the uh, on uh, the mod this front, but uh, it's... yeah, well, let's move on. Game within a game. Oh, look, it's GTA Five again. I, I kind of get that. Yeah, yeah, I disagree this one should have won. Th- but... This one I understand more. Well, here's the other nominees: Witcher uh, Three, The Wild Hunt, which. Gwent, Gwent. Uh, yeah, Gwent is uh, obviously there. Gary's mod, I mean, that is a game about building other things. Yeah, the Stanley Parable is the oddball on this. Um, I, I think I could make a case for it. Like, I mean, the point of the Stanley Parable is to explore and you know, kind of the game. Yeah. Uh, so the game exists, but the game within the game is like, okay, do I listen to the announcer? Do I ignore him? Do I go? Do this or that? What can I yeah, find? Yeah, but all of the other entries in this are uh, either mini games or the game is built around making other games. Uh, the other nominee is Tabletop Simulator, which is for me the obvious pick. Yeah, yeah, it is for me. That's the obvious pick. I mean, it's what I voted for. Uh, for me, it, it was uh, tossed between Tabletop Simulator and Gary's Mod. And Gary's Mod, a lot of it has turned into RPG stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of uh, killed uh, that option for me. So yeah. tabletop simulator. Even though I do understand GTA Five and the, uh, definitely The Witcher, just because they made an entire new uh, game based on a mini game from The Witcher. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, the next category is going to be a lot of uh, uh, possible spoilers, uh, and I don't want story spoilers on this. Uh, so right. Uh, but I'm not crying. There's something in my eye. The winner is uh, The Walking Dead, the first season, with right. other uh, nominees being Life is Strange, which is on the game club, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Uh, uh, this War of Mine, which uh, I have on my uh, to playlist. Undertale and To the Moon, which we understand To the Moon very well. Yeah. I would, well- I would say I, I played uh, The Walking Dead and I played To the Moon. I would give it to the, uh, To the Moon. But the thing is that To the Moon is not the ma- uh, mainstream title here. Right. Well, um, I've seen Life is Strange stuff, uh, and I know that there's sad parts in that that can make you cry. Yeah, this I, war I, of I, mine is just depressing. If you yeah, want to give yourself depression, my, play yeah, this, this war, war of mine. Yeah, this war of mine is, is uh, depression the game. Which, I mean, it, it can make you cry, but I don't think it's exactly what they're asking for with this category. Yeah. Because, I mean, this war of mine is just sad. Uh, the Walking Dead, I, I can, can totally see it. Uh, I can totally understand. I yeah, cried yeah. at The Walking Dead at that one part that I won't spoil, but if you've played it, you know what I'm talking about, that one part. Well, yeah, well, there's actually a couple of those one parts, but yeah. There, I could, yeah, I, that's I could definitely true. see that. That's true. Uh, and then Undertale, you know, I've played it some. I've seen a lot of it. I mean, the game has been hugely spoiled for me. There's some sad stuff in it, but nothing that makes me go, oh, yeah, I'd cry. But perhaps, you know, I need to experience the full thing to really mm-hmm. get it. And then To the Moon. Yeah, I cried it To the Moon like three times every playthrough. So, 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I got, did. Vote I got misty eyed. I don't think I could say I outright cried uh, for, with To the Moon, but I, I've only experienced two out of the five games, and for me, To the Moon is by far uh, the, you know, that uh, gut punch moment uh, about two yeah. thirds of the way through. Yeah, uh, once you re- realize uh, his motivation, yep, that uh, is uh, uh, yeah. That to me, that trumps everything in The Walking Dead. Yeah, that is one of the moments that made me cry into the moon. I think in in all five episodes of the original Walking Dead, I cried twice, and I mean that was like twelve hours. I cried. Well, I, I can't say without spoiling anything. Should I say spoilers for thirty seconds? Uh, sure. I don't care about The Walking Dead. I care about uh, a couple of the others, though. Uh, so, Walking okay. Dead, go for it. Okay, so spoilers for the next 30 seconds. I cried at the end of The Walking Dead when you have to make the choice over whether or not for to to have her kill you or leave you. And then I cried when... What was the, the, the kid's name? Ducky. I cried when he died. And also, uh, well, finding the kid in the attic. The, the zombie kid. Yeah, that was sad, but it didn't make me cry. Well, I would say that would be, uh, you know, finding out, uh, finding him and, you know, realizing exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel sad. Let's go to another category. Best okay, case well, of a farm animal. Uh, well, this will excite you. <laughs> and this is, the, uh, this is the category that I had a, a bit of a pissed off moment with. Okay. Uh, uh, the winner is, of course, Goat Simulator. I mean, this category should have just been Goat Simulator, the category. I, I disagree with that with Stardew Valley here. I mean, I voted for Stardew Valley. Yeah. I think Stardew uh, Valley yeah, is yeah, the better here. choice, but I mean... I mean, Goat Simulator was going to beat it, uh, hands down, even though... Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see Stardew Valley get recognition. And then yeah. Farming Simulator 2000... Uh, Farming Simulator 17. But then the other two. Ark? What the fuck is Ark doing here? Ark doesn't even have farm animals in it. No, 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 no. Here's the part that pissed me off. Okay. They were trying to bribe people to vote for Ark to win this category, saying, if we win, we'll put sheep in the game. Wow. You didn't see this going around? No, I didn't see it. Because I don't give a shit about Ark. Well, this was uh, going around, and and, and part of me was, uh, they're putting sheep in the game, uh, trying to get people to vote for it. I see what you're doing here. Right. But at the same time, really... Yeah, and Ark pisses me off to begin with the, uh, the the whole thing where okay expansion and early access annoys the hell out of me. Uh, the fact that the game is so horribly, horribly unoptimized and they're promoting the ever living hell out of it. I mean, th- uh, was it E three that they had a rideable dinosaur? They had a dinosaur there. I didn't know it was rideable. Uh, the, the, there was a dinosaur, uh, I think it was at E3, that had a saddle on it that was a photo op that was a, um, uh, ad for Ark. I think it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Or a, a, a Brontosaurus or something? And, uh, Blooded Bacon, what the hell is this doing here? Blooded, uh, this is one of those stupid, I think, stupid green light games. I mean, it looks like a dumbass green light game. Yeah, which I, I can't say that you know, all green and white games are bad, but at the same time, uh, there's a certain quality that you expect from a bad green light game, and this definitely looks like it. Yeah. Which I don't see the green light tag on this. 
I mean, it it might not be, but it looks like like it reminds me of a really shitty green light game. I uh, know it, it looks like it is uh, through green light. I mean, I had never heard of this game before it being on this award, and it just uh, looks terrible. Yeah. Okay, next category is boom boom. Uh, they had a lot of good choices on this one. Yeah, actually. Yeah, this one I uh, I like the uh, choices on here. Uh, uh, the winner was Doom, which makes sense. Uh, the nominees were Just Cause Three, which makes sense. Broforce, which makes sense. Kerbal Space Program, <laughs> yeah. obviously makes sense. And then Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which I I like that that they that that got included. Yeah, I mean I the entire po- a point of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is to avoid the explosions. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I, I voted for Cable Space Program. Same I was like, here. It, it deserves it. Even though you're not supposed to have the explosions, uh, everybody yeah, has it, the explosions a yeah. lot. So I mean, I mean, I mean, if you have a blunt with the launch pad, you're not playing Kerbal Space Program, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say. Like I said, I agree with every one of these games being in this category. All excellent picks. Yeah, I could. Uh, uh, Just Cause Three, I think, is uh, uh, if it wasn't for Kerbal, it would have been my pick. Even though I haven't played it. Yeah. I would say Doom is probably the weakest one out of this. Just because I guess it does have explosions. It does have rocket launchers. But uh, uh, just the uh, craziness of Just Cause 3. uh, uh, The craziest that Kerbal is. The weirdness of uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. And I don't know Broforce all that well. So that, yeah, I can't really attest to it, but. It does have a lot of explosions on its screenshots. There's a lot of explosions in Broforce. So, yeah, I would say Doom is probably the weakest on this uh, one, but it's also, you know, the... uh, It still fits. Yeah. Okay, the next category, love-hate relationship. Uh, The winner was Dark Souls 3, which I think a Dark Souls game has to be the winner for this category. The nominees were Dota 2... Super Meat Boy, Darkest Dungeon, and Geometry Dash. I'm not familiar with Geometry Dash, but the other three also make sense as nominees. Yeah, I voted for Super Meat Boy just because it's the one I have the uh, most experience with. Darkest Dungeon, I could definitely see uh, being here just because uh, in the late game, it's very easy to get in a state where you lose someone uh, that's uh, linchpin of your group, and you're mm-hmm. sitting there regrinding uh, and leveling up someone new. Yeah. So I could definitely see you know that being an experience uh, that pisses you off. Dota just it being a MOBA game and how fucking toxic those could be. Yeah, uh, I don't know Geometry Dash all that well, but uh, yeah, it looks like a runner game to me. Uh, so yeah, that could uh, definitely be fun. Well, for me, that would just be hate, hate. But you know, uh, Super Meat Boy, uh, a very tough p- uh, platformer with uh, really good controls. And, of yep. course, uh, yeah, Dark Souls. <laughs> yep. Okay, next category, sit back and relax. The winner oh, was Euro yeah. Truck Simulator 2, which surprises me. Like, I mean, I could, it's a I, game. I, I, this is what I voted for. Uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2, uh, even though you do have to pay attention, and probably the biggest thing in it is some of the speed traps and some areas, but it's also, you know, once you learn where the speed traps are, you can avoid them or, you know, know uh, to slow down uh, pretty easily. Yeah. I could definitely see this uh, here. And it's one of those games that I used to just uh, chillax if I'm having trouble uh, sleeping and just uh, uh, be able to sleep that uh, 
you know, after a, a delivery or two. So I definitely right. support it being here. Well, I mean, I support it being there, and I totally – I mean, I agree with you. I'm just surprised to see it like – When? When, yeah. Um, well, there's a couple here that I don't think should even be in the category. Abzu is very relaxing. Yeah, yeah um, definitely should be there. Uh, this other one, this uh, free Veridi, a free game called Ver- uh, Verindi. Uh, definitely, yeah, it's essentially a bonsai uh, simulator, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, you grow plants, um, and yeah, it's got kind of like little music and stuff yeah, you Yeah, I definitely play. see that being there. The other two I don't see being here. City Skylines, a relaxing game? Um, I could see City Skylines being relaxing maybe, in the right once you circumstances. Got to, maybe once you got to a certain point or you're you know, uh, not trying to troubleshoot something, but City Skylines could be very stressful in trying to fix uh, some of the traffic issues in a city. See, I think I see City and, Skylines in kind of the same light that I do like Train and Transport Fever. Like, no, they're not relaxing while you're getting the learning curve going, but once you've got it figured out, those games are, are very relaxing for me. And I, you know, I've played it so much I can start a new game and just relax with a new game. So I think I get it, but the learning curve kind of exempts it in my mind. Um, and then Mini Metro, I've played Mini Metro. Mini Metro is not relaxing in the least bit. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm looking at this. I haven't played it and uh, it you know, doesn't look relaxing. I mean, it's a fun game. I like it, but, you know, it's not relaxing. And finally, we have Better With Friends. Uh, the winner for this category was Left 4 Dead 2. The nominees were Don't uh, Starve Together, Gang Beasts, Magicka, and Golf With Your Friends. Uh, um, all, all of which I think are fairly decent picks. I would say, I would say, I gave my vote to Magicka on this just because the game is very, very, very difficult without uh, anyone. But it's all a hell of a lot of fun with friends. But, yeah. uh, but at the same time, uh, Left 4 Dead is about the same uh, uh, category. Yeah, I I mean, Left 4 Dead 2 is definitely better with friends. Uh, I mean, most games are actually better with friends, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little actually, bit hard to... Yeah, it's a bit more rare to have a game that's worse with friends. When I would say came... something that it's very uh, loot-centric that you know, doesn't uh, increase uh, your loot enough. Whenever you have a, not more people, or ah, okay, I'm I'm gonna probably uh, uh, cause a controversy here. Past the first friend, I would say Borderlands is worse with friends just because of the health scaling. Yeah, is I mean it's not so bad as long as everybody's the same level and you can work together. But yeah, Borderlands gets rougher after the first friend. Um. Because I tried uh, playing with a couple friends and, you know, noticed just how uh, spongy things were getting. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, this is a really hard category to define because most games are better with friends. Yeah, Don't Starve Together, uh, that one's uh, been up in the air for me. It really depends on your friends more than anything else. Gang Beast, I don't know all that well. It's also an early access title. Yeah. Uh, uh, and golf with your friends, I don't know all that well as well. But it's a uh, mini golf, so yeah, that's going to have uh, its own entertainment value to begin with. My uh, my friend David, 
who listens to the show recorded uh or has some footage in the the trailer oh really yeah i believe this is the game where it was i'd have to go look for it but uh, you can see their usernames or their mm-hmm. steam ids at one point i believe it was golf with your friends david correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not going to go look for it i'm going to speed us along <laughs> so yeah those are the steam awards um I mean, we've vehemently disagreed with a couple of the nominees and then scratched our heads at a couple, but about half of them check out, I'd say, you know. Yeah, which is honestly a bit better than uh, most popular contests. Yeah. Usually you get one or two that's like, okay, that makes sense. And then all the rest of them are like, what the fuck? But What the fuck, this is dude? About, this is about 50-50, but the stuff that's bad is really bad. Yeah, and uh, the things that don't make sense really don't make sense. Yeah. I have a feeling that Blood and Bacon had some sort of campaign behind it uh, uh, to push people uh, uh, to play. Uh, matter of fact, hang on, I need to look up something. Probably Steam key giveaways or something. What is, what is the number of players for Blood and Bacon? Uh, 120 what, playing right now. 173. How, how the peak. hell did this get on here? 402 all-time peak. Yeah, I'm, how the hell did this get on here? That's why I want to know. What, what did uh, the developer go give uh, Gaben a hand job or something? Who knows? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking because this is just weird. I, I was expecting it, you know, around the thousand mark. Yeah, I'm just unless, trying to see if there's un- like a noticeable I, gain of unless everybody voted for either Stardew Valley, or I should say, nominated Stardew Valley, Goat Simulator. And the newest uh, farming sim, and the other two nominees, you know, had like five votes each, <laughs> which is very possible because I voted for Stardew Valley, or I should say, dominated it. Blood and Bacon has been at a steady like two hundred players, hundred one hundred to two hundred players for months, and there's no real spikes. Actually, yeah. that's not true. There's a big spike right before the awards, like early December. Hmm. November, December. Um, well, but that doesn't the, necessarily well, the mean... process was uh, late November. Yeah, so that doesn't... Actually, that might mean vote buying, like, through keys or some kind of campaign or something. I don't know. Possibly, I but I think I think the most likely com- uh, uh, culprit here is just the fact that everybody voted for the obvious thing, so the other two... Well, ARC probably is just popularity. I have... Or maybe there's some sort of farming thing in it. I don't know and really don't care. Uh, what yeah. really annoyed me was the you know, them trying to uh, buy votes. Which I've realized, you know, it's meaningless in the long term, but at the same time, it's also free publicity for a game that, honestly, there had to be better things out there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking or, through their recent stuff just to see if there was anything that they posted on their page, but it doesn't look like it. So if there was a campaign, it was ran somewhere else. But regardless, I don't really care all that much. Actually, I don't know why I'm still investigating this. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Having to do work. I don't want that. All right. Who are you? And what did you do with Jared? <laughs> I told you I'm feeling better. Um, all right. So that was, well, that no, was the I, I, I disagree. I think you're kind of sick now. Yeah. Well, that's debatable. 
depends on what kind of sick you're referring to. You wanted to do work? Yeah. Sometimes I want to do work. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it. Usually that's house projects, though. I'm like, I'll let stuff build up and then be like, okay, I'm going to do like 10 house projects today that are all like really small. go build that shed that I've been putting off for the last two years. Nah, fuck that. That's too much work. I've never no, no, signed no. on to build a shed. No, no, you build a shed and you make it your recording studio. It would be cold. It wouldn't have power. It wouldn't have internet. No, 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 no. Extension cord, Wi-Fi, and an AMD rig. <laughs> oh. But then you have to worry about the entire thing just bursting into flames during the summertime because AMD rig. Yeah. We talked about building a little shed or something, like another little building for us to use, but it's like it'll be too much work and it'll be too difficult for us to use. So. Oh, with that attitude. You get me, you've got me in trouble because I say that a lot now. <laughs> I pick that up from you. And I'll say that the Cadians should be like, please shut up. Please don't say that again. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm no longer her favorite now because I've taught you a bad phrase. She, I was like, I told her, I was like, I got it from rage, like trying to throw you under the bus. And she was like, I don't, I don't care who you got it from. Stop. <laughs> I love that I got you in trouble for something that uh, I didn't even try. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's move on from our steam award winners to our weekly community corner. Where this week we have one rather long audio letter from Ghost Shark, and then tweets and stuff. But first, here's Ghost Shark. Greetings, everybody. This is Ghost Shark here, and I am coming to you live, or, well, recorded live, from the garage of a hospital. Parking uh, parking garage of a hospital. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um... Just wanted to talk about a couple things that you mentioned last week. Sorry, I'm driving through here while I talk, so I'm trying to multitask, and it's not working so well. Uh, first off, when you guys are talking about the division, um, many of you who have talked to me know my stance on the game. I absolutely love it, and uh, I know I'm kind of sort of a minority on that. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. If, uh, if anybody... That's a do not enter. Okay, never mind. Um, if anybody ends up, uh, wanting to play it with me on that sometime, I'm more than willing to jump in. Sort of. Um, again, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, one thing you'd mentioned, or I think it was Rage... Uh, was talking about the cleaners and being firefighters. Uh, not exactly true. They are actually former sanitation workers. And uh, this is a little bit of spoilers about the the game here. But um, they are probably my, my most likable faction out of all of the bad guys you have to come across. So, uh, first and foremost, you've got the... Alright, pardon First and foremost, you got the looters, which are just, you know, opportunists wanting to try and grab whatever they could. Uh, and you got the cleaners, who were the sanitation people. Um, I actually kind of feel for them a little bit, because they they had good in, they have good intentions for what they're trying to do, just very, very bad execution. Um, yeah, they're trying to clean the infection out of the city uh, by basically just burning and toasting 
anything that could possibly be infected so that, you know, the bug get, the bug dies in New York. So they're willing to cl- to clean anyone and everyone to make that happen. So, uh, then you've got the Rikers, which I just, yeah, um, they're criminals who came out of Rikers Island after the chaos erupted, and, um, not much good to be said about them. They're all about just absolutely getting rid of anyone who has any sort of shred of authority, and they are pure anarchists and want to just, I don't know, sow chaos and destruction and have fun doing it. Um, the last man battalion guys, I'm not, I don't have a real big opinion on them, um, because I haven't actually run across them yet. I'm, well, I'm starting to, but I haven't really messed with them too much. Um, but yeah, they're all like ex-military who are, you know, kind of carving their own territory into crazy madness. Uh, I guess sort of the last faction that I would talk about would be, um, the agents, or more specifically the rogue agents, which, uh, again, that's something I haven't really messed around with too much. That's more of kind of a late game type thing that I have seen, and a lot of it comes into play in the dark zone, which I've played around with a little bit and decided to force myself to stay out of it and level up so I can actually be good at running the dark zone because it's, it's a whole new game in there, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've been playing a lot. Well, I've kind of dropped off a little bit doing some other stuff, some Kerbals and other odds and end games. And, uh, I, I do need to go back to it and at least level my main character to full. Um, I have another character kind of much lower level that I can probably use to pal around with people who get into the game later. Uh, I'm not against making a whole new character as well, so we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, overall impression for him, I know it's not a game for everybody. I'm having fun. The story's great. Uh, the, The gameplay does have its quirks, and it's definitely a bullet sponge game once in a while. Um, but, you know, I can, I can overlook it. I'm, I'm pretty easygoing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it does... It does build you up to feel like an absolute badass at the beginning of the game. You know, you're the, you're one of the elite few that gets called in to fix everything. And by the time of it, by the time you're done with the main story, it's kind of like, ooh, I kind of feel like a cog in a really crappy machine. So, anyways, um, that's that. Uh, the other game you were talking about was Galaxy of Heroes. I have been playing that for. The entire year of 2016, I think I pretty much started right when the game came out, or you know, relatively soon after. So I'm uh, I've got some ranks in there. Um, it's it's gotten down to a science for me, all, pretty much, where uh, with about an hour's worth of work a day, um, I can have all of my daily quests done, get all the all of the you know the daily things completed and have all of the loot um just uh simming as much stuff as possible um i don't really get into too much of the newer missions i'm probably about halfway through the trees on each of the battles you know the battle sections so um i just 
want to try and progress some of my characters up higher and higher to be able to start handling the better stuff, you know, the, the tougher stuff. But it's it's definitely just kind of one of those mindless time-wasting games, you know, that also kind of meshes with my collection-type stuff. You know, t- collection-finding, you know, build-your-squad-type stuff. So I have fun with it. Uh, I've got, I got a lot of... I have a lot of time in the game and a lot of characters. Um, Jared... You don't feel too bad if you haven't gotten to the ships yet, because honestly, they're not... It's just my personal opinion. It's not all they're cracked up to be. Uh, there's something about it, and I can't quite explain it. I think it's basically got something to do with, for me at least, the, the camera angles. Um, at least with the ground, you know, the main game, everything's pretty much stationary. You know, you have the one v- camera view... And that's all you see, you know, the camera shakes with a really good hit or, you know, things like that. But that's pretty much all that happens. Uh, the ship combat just seems so disjointed because they'll change uh, angles. They'll have the cut little mini cutscene type things whenever one of the capital ships does an ability, you know, where they'll do some crazy panning and, you know, changing the angles and stuff. And it's just, it's different. And kind of disjointing for me because you know you're used to seeing just the one view the whole west the whole way through. So uh, that being said, it is a great way to get more ships and guys and stuff. So between joining a guild and getting the random uh, collection, you know, guild coin buy through that you know that marketplace, and the ship section has its own little marketplace too with uh, rare ships and people, and the ship, uh, the ship marketplace rebuild, uh, populates or changes every day. It's not the same characters all the way, the whole time. So, uh, I've gotten quite a bit of diverse group of people instead of my original, like, top five. So, uh, a suggestion would be to try and, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember which which mission it is. It's the light side battles, the hard section, the first mission on the second uh, chain. Uh, the the shard character is, or, you know, the shards that you pick up are for Ray. Uh, if you do anything else a day, just sim out that three battles, you know, sim three battles of that a day. Uh, because... I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I got her set up really quick, but she is an absolute beast of a striker character. I have had her one-shot so many high-level boss characters at, you know, in a game before, so... Um, yeah, anyway, that's my little hidden tip is, you know, go for Ray. She's awesome. Uh, takes a while to build her up, but like I said, I've been playing for a year, and I've almost got her to level uh, to seven stars and she's just a beast um even when i first got her at like four or five stars i can't remember what she she starts out at she's definitely a tough cookie so um but yeah that's that's about it for galaxy of heroes i'm just been thanks to the new uh marketplaces i unlocked i've been working on building up all my clones i now have all of the, the clone troopers so i'm gonna play around with a five clone trooper build 
on the Guild Wars or stuff like that, or uh, the combat, you know, the the PvP combat stuff. So, anyway, that's all I'll say on that one. Oh, uh, I will mention my gamer tag on there if anybody wants to friend me. The number is three two eight four seven five four four six. So, um, not much that I can do except. Uh, let you borrow a pretty sweet Captain Phasma, I think, is what her is what my rental hero is. So, uh, I guess that's about it for now. Um, oh, the the mentions, you know, the later mentions that I had earlier. Okay, uh, I am in the parking lot of a hospital because um, my uh, wife, ex-wife, again, complicated issue. Uh, she. Uh, got induced over the weekend, and we now have a cute little baby boy, Jackson Carter. So, uh, he was born yesterday, which would have, which would be Monday. So, I now have a little mini nerlet to raise and, um, corrupt with all kinds of nerdy and geekiness. So, uh, I am going to go ahead and cut this off now, and go upstairs and start talking all kinds of uh, calculus and physics comp- you know calculations to him hopefully by the time he's 3 he'll know orbital mechanics so um with that being said I will talk to you guys later and I'll listen to the uh, episode and I'll have some for you next week hopefully if I'm not too busy raising a kid all right talk to you later bye so that was go shark and I'm not going to uh, forget this time go shark has a baby yeah congratulations I'm so sorry. <laughs> It'll be fun in a year or two. Newborns or aren't that bad. I know, Ghost Shark, you've had kids before, but I don't know if you've ever dealt with a baby. Because they were your wife, ex-wife, it's complicated, it's kids. Uh, babies aren't that bad, though, at the beginning. They just mostly sit around. Uh, and you got to change them when they poop and feed them and make them feel better when they cry. Stock up then, on vodka. Then they hit like a really horrible point at least from my own personal belief and feelings about kids from like the three month mark to the year mark where they're just awful. And then they start walking and interacting a lot more with people. I mean, they probably can't talk yet. Occasionally you get like a bright bloomer who talks before a year. Um, but you know, from year to two years is really fun. And then by two years, they're usually talking decently. And then that's when the real fun starts. Cause you can teach them words and they'll do weird stuff. And they start wanting to actually interact with you, and you can play video games with them or toys. So you got like two years of shit, and then it gets pretty good. So it's like playing an MMO. Got it. Kind of, yeah. So hopefully your kid sleeps. Uh, Sleeping through the night is very important. Not all kids do it, but it's not as hard to get a kid to sleep through the night as most people make it out to be. Yeah, vodka. (laughs) We have on occasion given our son alcohol to... Uh, bring on the the sleepy dreams, but I would not some recommend for, that uh, often. Some for the kid, a lot for you. Yeah, because that's bad. That's hard on their liver. Uh, Got to be careful with it, but a little bit. Uh, the liver needs some uh, work to get going. If you want parenting tips, go shark. Just come talk to me. <laughs> I so far so far I haven't killed my kid, so I must have done something right. Obviously, you're not trying. No, I'm not trying hard enough. Um, tonight, oh, okay, one kid story. So I've been teaching him how to catch things because, you know, hand-eye coordination and all that. 
Um, and he's he's actually getting pretty good at catching stuff. So I got in tonight and I had went grocery shopping. So and you're going to uh, progress to fetch? Yeah, fetch is, will be coming soon. <laughs> uh, so I brought in the groceries and uh, there was some baby wipes that needed to go to his room. And I was like, hey, King Buddy, can you take these to mommy? Because she was in his room. And I threw them at him and he caught them. Uh-oh. But it was like, just like in a movie, he caught them right at his chest. And I didn't think about how heavy they were compared to how light he is. <laughs> and it just knocked him back on his ass. Like perfect movie style fashion. And I mean, it upset him. So he started crying. And I was like, well, crap. Well, really now sorry. I'm in trouble. <laughs> but I mean, I got him calmed down. He was okay. Like it didn't hurt him or anything. It just, it mostly just scared him. I was like, I probably should remember that you're really small. <laughs> yeah, that's typically what happens. Because, like, the, I mean, the, it was like a big multi-pack of wipes. It weighed, like, I don't know, seven, eight pounds. <laughs> and he only weighs, like, 30 pounds. He's really thin, which is definitely, he definitely did not get that from me. But, uh, anyways, you know. Uh, maybe like, he's your inner thin person. He escaped. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Isn't that what they always talk about with the uh, fat guys? Yeah. Well, there's the thin person inside you. Well, obviously, King escaped. <laughs> and he definitely escaped from Katie. He was the thin, the thin person inside of her. I'm surprised I didn't get more of a reaction for that. Hopefully someone <laughs> on the other end is laughing or covering their mouth in shock or something. Uh, I'm just shaking my head there. <laughs> that works. I'll take it. So, yeah, that's my kid story uh, for this week. This month, whatever. Uh, so let's talk about the rest of the stuff in his audio letter, which mostly yeah, the, was Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Uh, yeah, and also uh, the Factions and the Division, which, honestly, I didn't play uh, enough of the cleaner stuff to learn that they were sanitation workers. or They talked more about being firemen uh, at the beginning, or yeah, or the fact that they are literally firemen. You know, they uh, deal with a lot of flames. But, um... Uh, so, uh, I'm... I'm still upset that I kind of experienced more of the story of the division, but at the same time, uh, Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft triple A games, I should say. They're uh, independent line. Uh, I have no problems with. Yeah. One day, Ghost Shark, I will get the division and we will play, but I don't know when that day is. So. Yeah, maybe when uh, I get a new computer, I'll try the division again. I should because try. I did, I did like the division. My problem with it is that I could see that there, it's going to be the same problem I had with the crew. Once I get max level, you know, I lose all motivation to continue on because you know, I've already done everything. And it's I, you know, getting to grinding. Yeah, I should try the crew again to see if it runs better on this, comp- this PC or this CPU. Because my issue was CPU bottleneck with it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes... Um, well, also, your problem with the crew was that you're blind drunk when you played it last. Maybe a little bit. Um, also, another problem I had is it's not realistic enough. It's way too arcadey for me. But, I mean, I could well, get past that if it actually worked. Well, well, there was... It's not the fact that it was arcadey. Uh, my problem with it... Uh, I actually prefer more... Uh, uh, leading towards arcadey. I like a... My uh, preferred is somewhere in the middle. But the physics would just wonk out at Tom's. I had one cutscene. I wish I recorded it. Uh, the, uh, because all the cutscenes in the game are uh, the cars uh, running along a track and they're not pre-rendered. So uh, it, that way they could have your custom car in all the cutscenes. But 
there was some quirk of the physics uh, with uh, this one cut scene. So it would uh, go through and the car would just randomly flip <laughs> and start tumbling end over end of the cutscene. Nice. And then, of course, I start the uh, race with, you know, my car just completely fucked up. But yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, I would replay the cutscene and would do it again and again and again until I cu- uh, completely quit the game. And it didn't want to play uh, nice with uh, DX Tori uh, starting it up in the middle of the game. So, unfortunately, I didn't get a recording of that. And this was before the Relife drivers came out. Yeah. Um... But trust so, me, yes. I'm not the only person that had that problem with the crew. <laughs> so Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. I think yeah, I tried to start I that three have... times now. <laughs> uh, excuse me. That's uh, fine. I just think it's funny. Um, still anyways. haven't gone back to that yet. Nope. Anyways, so you were you were saying Galaxy of Heroes, you still haven't gone back to it? Yeah, I haven't gone back to it. I was actually expecting to uh, spend a lot more time with uh, bubble gaming just today because I was heading back to the doctor and uh, the doctor actually saw me within five minutes. <laughs> nice. That doesn't happen very often. Well, well, I went to the exam room in under five minutes. Then I spent longer in the exam room waiting for him. And, you know, and there, you know, I don't want to pull out the phone. Yeah. I pull out my phone even when I go into the room. So I just put it away when they come in. Um, But... Uh, I got to level 52. I'm almost to level 53. Uh, I'll probably log in and do a few things before I go to bed after we're done here. But I know, I mean, like, I've done ghosts, like, the little battles, that the training battles or whatever it is for the spaceships, and, like, I can see where you're coming from, but to me, the ships of Star Wars have always been cooler than the people and anything else in it. So I just want to get all of those. And uh, uh, honestly, it sounds like the ship combat is the same reason why I don't like watching a lot of gaming videos on YouTube. There's just so many jump cuts and uh, str- uh, strange uh, uh, camera motions. Yeah, it does have some weird camera motions, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me all that much. Maybe it will once I actually start playing it more. But just in the little teases that I've got of it, I'm like, oh, I want this. I want this so bad. But I mean, at the current rate that I'm leveling up, if I can keep that rate up, which I don't think I will, because as the clinic builds back up in pace, I won't be able to just sit for a while and play it at the clinic, which is what I've done this past week. Um, but, I mean, I'm playing it a lot, like a couple of hours a day. Because, I mean, you know, I refuse to spend a ton of money on it. I've spent a little, I may spend a little more, but I'm not going to spend like 100 bucks on this game for the hope of getting the right character. So I'm just grinding and grinding and grinding. And thankfully the game is enjoyable, otherwise I wouldn't do that. I'd tell the fuck off, but Yeah. I've got a I've almost got a full team of Jedi. I've got four. I've got the Jedi Consular that it gives you at the very beginning. I've got Mace Windu. I've got Ahsoka Tano. And I can't remember the other Jedi that I've got. Wait, are you allowed to say Mace Windu without using the word motherfucker? <laughs> he doesn't say motherfucker in Star Wars, so maybe? Oh sure trust me. If you looked at him, you know he's thinking it the entire time. Probably. Uh, 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 my one of my favorite riff tracks is uh, uh, the third Star Wars, and every time Mace Windu comes up, they just go motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because he looks like uh, he is looks like he's pissed off the entire time. But. 
I can't, I can't remember who my fourth Jedi is, but it's okay. I'm working on a team of Jedi. I want to get the team of clones, but I've only got the clone sergeant right now. Um, well, but. just get the photocopier. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but I mean, uh, you shouldn't be able to tell them apart anyway. They know how to tell each other apart in the, in Star Wars Clone Wars. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm still enjoying it. I'm gonna keep playing it. A whole year though for level seventy six. You must not be playing it as much as I have. Either that or the experience really ramps up. Because you can still get a level in every couple of days at my level uh, without having to pay any money. You earn enough of their like gems or whatever. I basically just buy energy with the gems that I earn instead of buying packs. Because honestly, you can more reliably grind out characters than you can get lucky just buying like one pack at a time. So I just use all of my premium currency that I earn to buy uh, to buy energy. But, I mean, I don't have a ton more to say about it. It's exactly the same. If I ever, like, get a full character team or something, I'll I'll share. But probably won't talk about Galaxy of Heroes too much. Although we do have another Star Wars thing that we're working on. Uh, Ghost and I are, are currently working to set up a, uh, a tabletop campaign in such a way that we can rotate characters out um, and uh, rotate out whoever is uh, GMing. Uh, in in a way that makes sense and that people don't get left out, we are gonna switch. I'm pretty sure to the what's it called the Rebel. Whatever we were doing, Edge of the Empire, and we're doing a different one now. Rebel something. He said it. So and, I guess we're gonna be bringing out uh, decoy then. <laughs> we can we can bring decoy into it, <laughs> but uh, um, we're 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 figuring it out. I'm not gonna spoil anything yet, but we've just started figuring it out. Um, of course, now we're going to have to, uh, uh, since his name is Decoy, we need to think of his proper designation, you know, D-E something. <laughs> D-3-C-0-Y. Decoy. Um, but we've just got, like, the very basics down right now, like, of this idea, but we're actively working on it. Hopefully in a couple of three weeks, uh, we can start it up and... We might be able to invite lots of people in. I've got to learn the the specifics of the Rebellion uh, tabletop. And it's not much different from Edge of the Empire, but there's a few different things. And But we might, might be able to set it up in such a way where that if you're if you're a VGL podcast listener and you want to join in, you could you know show up on the night in, uh, in our Discord server and we can yeah. just slot yeah, you Discord's in. Discord's probably the best way to do this. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like we have a channel set up for Star Wars RPG already or not. <laughs> Do we? Did I make one? I think I did. Well, well you have to because you never made me admin. I'll do it. It's fine. Take care of it. Um, well, well, we have one. I was saying that you never made me admin, so I can't do anything on here. Right. Okay. I'll I'll fix that later. And then when I don't fix it later, remind me so that I'll fix it. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that too. Thanks, Ghost, for introducing me to the world of, of Star Wars RPG. Huge hit with my family over, uh, or with my in-laws over, our their time here. We ran like a, a ten-hour campaign or something like that. It's fun. Uh, but I think that's everything from the audio letter. 
Yeah, uh, that's uh, all I see there. And he, okay. Uh, and obviously his uh, ID will be in the audio letter, so. So, question of the week. Uh, when do you consider a game to be retro? And this was something you were looking forward to talking about. I just want to know what everybody had to say. Uh, let's see, Kyle. When it's more than 10 years, uh, but less than 20 years old. After that, it's vintage. <laughs> uh, Jim, 13 or plus years old or designed to look, sound, or play like it is. I disagree with the last part of that myself. I, I think something could be retro-inspired without being retro itself. But yeah, yeah, I agree. That, uh, Kim, it's hard to say. I think everyone considers uh, games they grew up to as retro. For me, it's the NES, uh, SNES era. Uh, you've seen the photo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kyle also... Uh, oh, no, never mind. That's uh, uh, leftover from last week. Uh, sorry. Didn't clear out enough, I guess. That's fine. For me, I'd have to say that it's whenever... Like, something that is old enough to be from your childhood, or at least the early portion of your life as you get older. Because, I mean... Retro slash nostalgia is all very personal. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I would consider uh, a PS2 and the original Xbox to be pretty retro. But if I walked into, you know, anywhere that nerds gather, I'd probably be laughed out of the room. But yeah, that's because, fine. Uh, you know, they would everybody's... consider more the NES, uh, SNES era. Yeah. Maybe with the, the uh, N64. And that's the thing. is that there's a real gray area with what retro is. Yeah. I would uh, uh, go almost as far as the early PS2 era now, just because of how long ago that's been. Mostly because of uh, how long the PS3 and Xbox 360 uh, stuck around. It kind of yeah. pushed uh, everything back a bit further, which was a really weird uh, generation to begin with, just because of its length. Yeah, perhaps a more operational way to define it would be two uh, generational. Yeah, maybe two generations back or three generations back. At that point, it becomes retro. Um, just because technology at this point, especially, is moving so fast, so rapidly. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, just look at the more modern Mortal Kombat game compared to the first few Mortal Kombat games. Right. And honestly, even the ones that are in between, you can see big differences between all of them up until the most recent couple of three years. So it's very, I mean, it's very subjective. Um, but I, I think good guidelines are like two generations back, maybe three generations back. Mm -hmm. And that becomes, you know, retro. And then, yeah, I agree with you. Like something can be retro inspired, but not be retro. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if you took a, a retro or a vintage car and then produced an exact replica of that car, they would still say, well, yeah, this is a replica of a vintage car. It's not mm -hmm. a vintage car. So I think that I think I, I, I agree with you on that. OK, what else do you got? OK, well, uh, Kyle, uh, what? Uh, sent us uh, a question about our game club game for this month. Uh, is this the enhanced edition or what will be in the discussion? And I, I came up with the ruling. Yeah. 
at first I thought it was because uh, the enhanced edition, uh, you couldn't really separate all that easily, but I forgot that there was a toggle pretty uh, easily uh, disabling the uh, extra content. But honestly, the extra content really is what makes the game uh, a lot more fun. Yeah, I would say yes also. so. And then we got into the crate joke once again. <laughs> uh, uh, Rage, uh, this is from Chemist. All I need is, uh, you to do is to walk to your window and look at the blinking light uh, on the other side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mentioned the crate. And what is the pizza doing on top of it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want pizza now. I had pizza oh, earlier. Uh, Did it come from Frank's eat. or not Frank's? Uh, it came from the freezer. Nice. Because, uh, honestly, that's about the best pizza you could get around here, sadly. <laughs> it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. That's exactly what I had, actually. Nice. Uh, because I would say probably the best pizza I could get, uh, well, I can't even get delivered. The local pizza it doesn't do delivery. But it's within walking distance. Nice. Uh, but yeah, then, uh, there's, a uh, another uh, pizza place that isn't, uh, not Frank's that, uh, their pizza's better, but it's also wafer thin and it's not wafer thin crunchy. It's wafer thin soggy. Oh, that's not good. If you're going to get thin, it needs to be crispy. Yeah. They uh, don't really do crispy. So, yeah. Shame I can't combine some of them because I'd rather have, uh, that place's, uh, sauce, uh, with a, a, a Pizza Hut crust or, you know, something like a Pizza Hut crust. No. Oh, well. But, yeah, uh, getting back on topic. <laughs> uh, uh, Chemist also says, uh, you're going to eat the pizza and forget about everything we spoke about. Uh, leave the crate. It could wait. Uh, this was uh, stemming from uh, Kyle looking forward to toying around with the mind control uh, from uh, FTL. Because that's in the extended content. And Kyle says, wait, it can. We packed an extra uh, empty coffee can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Poor Groove. And the thing is, uh, if Groove was in a crate outside, he'd probably be dead because it was like six degrees that day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Kyle, looks like my cheeky monkey days are over. And for the record... I was the one that wanted to end on Star Wars with Decoy. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, may have uh, helped him with his cheeky monkey days. And then Kyle sent us a fucking novel through Twitter. Oh, good lord. Yeah, this is like six uh, <laughs> different tweets all together. I may be experiencing simulation emergent to a degree that I haven't felt since you're a truck too. While flying at uh, 737-800 over Indiana, Indianapolis Center informed me of crossing traffic 1,000 uh, feet below me at about 2 o'clock. I was in the captain's seat and tried to find traffic, find the traffic. It came up uh, with nothing and reported traffic not in sight uh, to Indy Center. Yet the traffic was an Airbus A321 uh, saw me. Indy Center gave me a minute and uh, asked me again if I had traffic in sight, which I did. As the A321 uh, passed under me to my 8 o'clock, I was able to see it. Uh, after reporting traffic in sight uh, to the Indy Center, I was wondering how they expected me to see the traffic at my 2 o'clock when I was in the left seat. 
Then I realized that I was in a sim and I could switch the right seat at any time, <laughs> at any point, and realized I may need a break. So I had to power through the last two hours of the flight anyway. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Bells. <laughs> oh, The thing is, I've set a high bar for myself because... He's really like that flight simulator I sent him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to send him something less crazy next time, I think. <laughs> because he's gone absolutely berserk. Nice. Okay, well. Yeah, and that was my... Uh, the novel was the last uh, set of tweets. Okay, then that means it's time to move on to our Steam Weekly Deals discussion, which we have not had in a while because of... The sale and the awards and yeah, and I, yeah, dead. I completely forgot about doing this at first because uh, the last few weeks they hadn't been uh, available. Honestly, the sales were pretty crappy. Um, there were some games that we have recommended before, and I try not to do double double recommendations, you know, or re recommend too often. Yeah, um, and I've sort of kind of recommended a game from this before, but. I like there was nothing, and I was like, "Well, this is a this is pretty good." So yeah, I can't remember if I've done this one or not, uh, but eh. uh, it's been a while since we done a recommendation. Uh, anyway, since we didn't do uh, uh, suggested games during the winter sale, well, I did, but I didn't do one on the podcast. Yeah, um, I don't recognize this game, so I don't think you've ever ever done it before, or if you have, I don't remember. So go ahead and uh, say, do yours. Okay, my recommendation is Marlo Briggs and the Mask of Death. This wow. is essentially a poor man's Gears of, or not Gears of War, uh, God of War on PC. I uh, haven't beat the game just yet, but it has the uh, uh, the exploration of God of War, and it has uh, all the crazy uh, spectacle fighter of God of War at a bargain price. It's not exactly a pretty looking game. But it's, uh, at least in the opening area, is fun. And yeah. it is also dirt cheap, even without a sale. It's normally $4.99, and it's 75% off. Bring it down to a whopping $0.99. Cents. Nice. And you, and you could hardly even get a cheeseburger at that price anymore. Yeah, not even McDonald's has got uh, a cheeseburger for less than a dollar. I think the McDouble is like a dollar and 25 cents, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't say oh, a sorry. lot about the game just because I haven't uh, played it enough, and it's always been one of those games that's uh, popped up on my short list that I've never uh, really felt the urge to play, but it has some interesting things with it. Yeah. Okay, well, my game uh, is actually a bundle. Uh, it's the Red Faction Collection on Steam, which has all of the Red Faction games. Uh, if you don't have any of them, it's eleven ninety nine, but... You know, Steam does that. If you own this thing already, it subtracts it. So your price may vary uh, based on how many of these games you potentially own. But, I mean, the Red Faction series as a whole is really good. Uh, I think the best one is Gorilla, But Armageddon is certainly uh, a good game, as well as Red Faction 2. I've never actually played the original Red Faction. So I'm tempted to pick this up because I own Gorilla and Armageddon. So it would probably only cost me somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 bucks. To get Red Faction one and two, and then the, yeah, the DLC to pack. Yeah, what, what it is for me, it's uh, just right at twelve. Yeah, so. Well, I only have uh, Red Faction Armageddon 
uh, it's DLC and uh, Red Faction uh, Guerrilla Steam Edition. Okay. So, but I mean, you know, it Red Faction is are all great games, and I know I've recommended Red Faction Armageddon before. I don't know if I've ever recommended Red Faction Guerrilla, but I mean, it's certainly the best one in the series. And then the others are are yeah, good as well. Yeah, Red Faction Guerrilla was uh, brought into the Steam, uh, well, into Steamworks, and saw some uh, quite a bit of work done to it actually. Yeah, the original Red Faction is quite old. It came out in two thousand and one. Red Faction 2 is also pretty old, 2003 release, but, I mean, it, it kind of came between two different hardware sets, so Red Faction 2 is much closer to modern standards, I would say, than Red Faction 1, but they're both still excellent games. Yeah, and uh, Red Faction Guerrilla, if you just want to go break things, it's a good game to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was one of, if I, I mean, it might not have been, like, one of the first, but it was one of the first I remember of games having fully destructible environments. Hell, and these was, days you don't see many games with fully destructible environments. Yeah, it was it was like you see just cause like in space. You, you could see uh, some destructible environments, but not fully. Yeah. You can uh, take a hammer and uh, knock out all the walls and have the building fall down. Yeah. Every building and pipe, like everything that's man-made. I don't remember how much of the terrain is destructible. I don't think it's very much. But all of the structures are completely destructible. That's my favorite way to play. Just destroy everything. <laughs> so, Well, let's put it this way. I haven't played too much of it, but what I have played, I walked up to a building, took out my sledgehammer, and slowly worked around the building until it collapsed. <laughs> yeah. Fun process. Um, so, I mean, that's my recommendation. Yeah, uh, Obviously, I'm... all of the games also, I think, are individually on sale right now. So if you don't care about the whole collection and you just want to pick one of them, then, you know, go ahead and buy that one. But the collection is definitely worth it. Only other game that I could really think of that's uh, even close to uh, Red Faction Guerrilla and uh, its destruction is actually Mercenaries Played at Ground of Destruction. Have you ever played that? Mercenaries what? Mercenaries 2, I think it is. Oh, yeah, I've played Mercenaries 2. I mean, I had a lot of... Uh, destruction in it as well it's uh, extremely old and i'm pretty sure that the series is completely dead at this point i think it is too i think mercenaries yeah. 2 is the last one yeah i'm looking at it on wikipedia and uh they have two games that were canceled and the lot uh mercenaries uh two world in flames i think it's the one i played i can't remember if it is or isn't uh uh 2005 2008 the two that were canceled with the newest one uh, Pandemic Studios was shut down and a small demo was released of uh, Mercenaries 3, so there you go. Yeah, back when... Well, I don't know how... I know Gamefly still exists, but I don't know how big or popular it is. But back when it was first starting out, I got... Um, Mercenaries 2 was one of the first games I ever I rented from them. And uh, that was a good time. I kept that game for like two or three months. I must have paid more than the full cost of the game in my Gamefly subscription to keep that game. <laughs> it's kind of like Netflix with discs, though. Like if the old yeah. school, you know, or if you still use the, the disc version of Netflix. It's like some movies, like, you would just keep for forever. Um, bro, <laughs> a long time ago, I had, I had the Netflix disc, and I... I Kept telling my like I told myself I went through this period where I was like I'm gonna watch all of these like classic movies or like highly rated you know older movies 
And uh, I think I had Bridge Over the River Kwai for eight months, which at $9 a month would be... I, I paid $72 to not watch Bridge Over the River Kwai. Because <laughs> I've, I've never seen that movie. I never watched it. I just eventually like sent it back. So, yeah. That's well, that. There are some movies out there that I would probably pay that much not to watch. Granted, I wouldn't be holding on to the disc, but still. Yeah. I was holding it hostage. But... Yep, that's those are our recommendations. So that means it's time for us to move on to the part of the show where we talk about our stuff, and I get to go first. Um, what's coming up for me this week? Uh, Divinity. I just I've got it all put up. I've got it all almost like I've got it all ready. I just have to schedule everything. I was gonna do that today, and then I didn't. So maybe I'll do it tomorrow. But it's it's coming. And I'm basically just gonna run from just divinity until it's all posted and I'm all caught up and then I can start slacking yeah, then off you on get it again. Yeah. Then you get ahead of me. <laughs> uh, that, that was what uh, kind of stopped you before. Wasn't it was that you got ahead of me and I called you on uh, putting out episodes like two or three days before me. Well, I said that I wouldn't do that anymore and that I would go in sync with you and then I just didn't do it. So yeah, but yep, that's it on my channel. That's it. I'm getting back in the swing of things, <laughs> going back to the clinic every day. At least I'm not being sick anymore, though, right now, fingers crossed. But uh, just getting back in the swing of life, had to do a bunch of house projects and some stuff and had to finish Star Wars Clone Wars. I mean, that was like top of the list. I got to watch Rebels now, but I don't think there's anywhere to watch it digitally. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon Prime unless I want to buy it. So yeah, I'll probably be pirating that seasons one and two, three. Season three just wrapped up, so I guess seasons one, two, and three. Oh. Uh, um, what else do you have? Well, if you want to come to my YouTube channel to see those things, you can do so by searching for Game of Psychologist on YouTube. I'll be there on the YouTubes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all kinds of things, uh, you can do so at JMA four seven zero seven. Picked up a few new Twitter followers here lately so thanks to people who are following me on twitter to come listen to my randomness uh i posted a few tweets about my kid like doing weird stuff like the box thing so, okay so second kid story i gave I my kid uh, you should have recorded you throwing the uh, uh the uh wipe storm you can put that on youtube i didn't think about it if i'd have thought about it i would have done it but i just like <laughs> just threw him to him like here you go kid like i mean if i'd had the forethought to do that though it would have been mean because i'd have been knocking him down on purpose I don't want to be mean to my kid. Yet. Well, not too much. <laughs> Anyways, though, second kid story. For some reason last night... So I gave my kid some boxes yesterday to play with because he's a kid. And all kids would prefer to play with boxes than toys. Like, that's just a fact. Go Shark. Remember that. Yeah, they go through this cat phase where they uh, prefer boxes. They don't care about their presence until they're like three. And before then, they just want to play with the boxes and the wrapping paper. So... Uh, but anyway, so I gave him some boxes to play with because I was cleaning up. And I had some leftover cardboard boxes. And he, like, became attached to them, and he went to bed with them last night instead of his stuffed animals. He still had his blankets, though. <laughs> he needed his blanket. But, so, yeah, I posted a tweet about that and some other random stuff. Uh, and I got a little political today. Just a little bit. You? Political? Just, just nah. a little bit. There's only, like, two tweets. So, what did Trump do today? Uh, I just retweeted a couple of things, because they had all the confirmation hearings today, or were yep. having them. Uh, and so I posted so yeah, a couple of things. It's been a day for me, so I haven't even been paying attention to Twitter. 
Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to go back and look to see what you were doing. Um, Maybe I only retweeted one thing. I don't remember. There'll be more, though. That's Trump's hour. Uh, look president. at it this way. By uh, end of uh, January, you'll either have a ton of followers because of it, or you're going to have no followers because of what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yep. Um, if you want to watch me stream games, which I'm finally getting back to that, unless there's another emergency in my life, but please, please, dear gods in heaven or wherever you live, no more emergencies. None. I want to stream games to my peeps. Do people yeah, say I peeps? Missed, Is that I, cool? It's probably not cool. I'm an old man. I'm a dad. I can't be cool. Hell if I know. I was never cool. <laughs> Which does uh, be cool, because he's cool. But, but I've uh, missed our little social nights. I have too. But uh, those are definitely starting back up, and you can watch them over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And then, if you want to be my friend on Steam, which I picked up a couple of new Steam friends this past week, too. Hi, guys. Uh, you can be my friend. Uh, my Steam username is jarthur4707. I will accept your friend request, no matter who you are, and hope that you're cool. Please come talk to me. I like to talk to you guys. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode you're coming from, the passphrase for this week is Tracers Tush. <laughs> Tracers Tush. <laughs> Tushy. <laughs> tushy, tushy, tushy. That's been on the list for a while, by the way. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, what about you? Where can they find you and your stuff? Oh, well, first I need to talk about what I'm doing. Yeah. Tr- trying to uh, hurry me along, are you? Uh, just because <laughs> we happened to pass the three-hour mark just now. Oh, well, uh, since I talked about it, Valiant Hearts has actually started up. Uh have a couple episodes already recorded and I'm going to be recording more in the next couple of days. Looking forward to seeing where the story goes. I don't know exactly where it's going just yet, but I do know that it's probably going to be a, a bad place. Well, at least for some of the characters. Uh, and Alpha 16 for RimWorld should be starting, well, for uh, where I am now in time uh, tomorrow. I did a recording of it already, but I had a weird bot interaction that was just screwing with things, so I had to edit my mod some more and toy around with them. Uh, it's just one of those things, that, but I was also still very early in the series, so you know, I just scrapped the night's recordings and uh, decided to uh, restart. And, oh, and if you wish to join uh, the colony for that, I do accept names either on Twitter, GamingWithCR, or... If you catch uh, my uh, YouTube stuff, you could leave a comment there on the uh, Rimworld stuff, and I'll add you to my name list. And once you're on the name list, you are uh, still on the name list until you are asked to take off, uh, be taken off. So you could show up at any time. Uh, yeah, your uncle actually is uh, uh, on the top of my name list for th- this one. So, yeah, he's going to uh, probably uh, die a painful death. <laughs> probably we probably all will yeah it's just uh more yeah uh, how you die or if well there has been people that have been kidnapped <laughs> and and let's see and i'm hoping the sunday sampler will uh, kick back off this week it's been off uh for a couple weeks just because uh not a lot of games coming out for and i didn't record pre-record a lot of stuff and uh, things have been a little crazy for me the last few weeks, just medical-wise. No, I'm not dying. It's just 
I've had to alter my sleep schedule and uh, things are going to be going on there. So it's just uh, been a bit more difficult than usual. Plus, I uh, also had Mario and Luigi show up today and uh, they were fucking incompetent. No, no wonder they are no longer uh, plumbers and they just save the princess all the time. Plumbing's hard work. Oh, and uh, of course, the very original sin is also on my channel. We have uh, the recordings for this week, and hopefully Saturday we'll uh, try to get ahead. <laughs> we will give it a shot. Yeah, uh, the problem with that game is that you know, we we look down, it's an hour has passed. Maybe that should have been the um, uh, five more minutes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, that's all the content on my channel. You can find it over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or you can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, like I mentioned before. I am tweeting a bit more. Uh, I'm granted I'm not getting political like Jared, which means I'm not nearly as interesting <laughs> or inflammatory, which is a little strange considering my name, but eh. Uh, but Gaming with CR, I don't have a stream, but I do appear on Jared's streams, usually. And I think that wraps up that. So let's move on to our closing stuff, which means, uh, hey, we're not talking about the Internet Archive now. We have our new server up and running. Correct, Amanda. Uh, we're at vglpodcast.podbean.com. But of course, if you're listening to this, you probably already know that, or uh, iTunes is uh, updated. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's been a process to get this up and running but hey the uh the download speeds i think are well worth it right indeed uh if you wish to contact us you could do so by sending us an email vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters voicemails or gaming-related topics, or just tweet us at VGL Podcast on Twitter. And no, you don't have to send audio content. You can send text, and we will stumble through it and uh, mispronounce your name. Or at least I will. <laughs> we have a Patreon uh, page that helps support our uh, Podbean. Well, now it supports our Podbean. We did toss a little bit of dosh to uh, the Internet Archive for unknowingly supporting us for all that time. It's uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. And I could skip the website because we've already done that. I need to uh, do some editing on this. Uh, and uh, like Jared mentioned, hopefully iTunes will be updated before too long and will be relisted on Google Play before too long. And Jared will fix all the other stuff because uh, if I tried to uh, figure it out at this point, I'd probably break things even more than Jared, which is, uh, yes, I know, surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Our intro and outro music gets on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incomputech.com and... As his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Don't you mean cover up? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, see ya.